0: Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk.
1: Four hundred five Monday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIBA ABQ FM. Rockatalk dot com. Five fifty, fifty five hundred to kick off this first. All week in December, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV. Trust me, you want to go ahead and tune in today at rockoftalk.tv. Don't forget, you can podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. You can also grab the app directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. We've got a great first hour here, and I've got a, I've got a broadcasting partner here for the hour. It is, uh, well, Albuquerque's favorite pastor, Pastor Steve <laughs> Smotherman, right here in the Kiva and he's going to be here hanging out with me for the first hour. We're going to go through the progression of the last, well, we're upon 21 months. It's 20 months, uh, three weeks, seven day, six days, but who's really counting? Pastor Steve Smotherman, welcome into the Kiva, sir. How are you? Hey, Eddie. Thank you for having me, man. It's good to be here. It is. And you get to listen to the last 24 hours, really the whole weekend. And we're going to go through this very quickly with a guy that we call Murder Mike. And he's been keeping the stats on everything in terms of crime, assaults, and of course, murders. It's a disappointing time, to say the least, uh, for our city, Pastor Steve, and I know that you've been trying to turn the tide uh, within your own organization to just get people to listen. I just want to commend you on uh, the uh, badge of courage that you have exhibited uh, during these last 20 months, not just you, but also inspiring your followers uh, to do so, and it's been tremendous. Let's check in with Murder Mike, and uh, just a little something that we do, usually about 5.30, but... We've got a big program today because we're going to be with newly minted, elected, re-elected uh, Dan Lewis there in uh, District 5, who's going to be hailing from the west side. He'll be coming in during the 5 o'clock hour, as well as Lori Robertson, uh, District 7 uh, candidate. So she's going to be jumping in. we got Murder Mike joining us live right here in the Kiva. Murder Mike, how's it going?
2: Oh, boy, Eddie, I'm telling you. Uh, I can't believe what has happened over the weekend and what has been going on today. The scanners have been literally on fire. The fire department since 4 o'clock this morning has been nonstop dispatching. Every rig they've got, every ambulance in Albuquerque is running at full capacity. They're running uh, critical care status. You know, I am considered to be the best in the business, and I have never heard such uh, insanity as I've heard over the weekend. So uh, I'm going to Jump right on to it, because it was a crazy weekend. It was a weekend, pla- actually it was a weekend plagued with trauma and tragedy, as yet another homicide took place over the weekend, as well as three major traffic accidents to report on this afternoon. Beginning with Friday night, at around 5.30 p.m. Friday night, APD responded to reports of a down and out in the area of Wisconsin and Central. Upon arrival, they found an unknown age male on the west side of McDonald's suffering from multiple gunshot wounds, several of which were to the bad. He was obviously deceased. APD homicide detectives are investigating, but at this point, no one is in custody. Also over the weekend, downtown Albuquerque had numerous fights and assaults reported over the weekend as bars began to close. And then on Saturday night, Sunday morning, a 16-year-old, a 16-year-old male, was dropped off at the Downs Casino at Louisiana Central White Air, I don't know. He was unconscious, not breathing, and unresponsive. Mexico State Police already at the casino on a different call immediately began life saving measures and the EMS was dispatched. At last report, Narcan was being administered as rescue arrived on scene, no word on his condition. Also, there were numerous stabbings reported over the weekend. And then at three thirty Saturday night, Sunday morning, AFR responded to a fully involved residential structure fire at nineteen fifty three San Pedro, Northeast. Upon arrival, smoke and flames were coming from the structure, believed to be abandoned, as an aggressive attack on the fire began. There were no injuries reported, and the fire was quickly brought under control by firefighters. And just before midnight, shots were fired between vehicles traveling westbound on central to east of Louisiana. It's unknown on injuries, and APD is investigating that as well. And in moving to traffic news this afternoon, this is the bad one.
1: Yeah, this was tra- uh, last night, uh, I have to say was probably the most perilous uh, night that we've had in Albert. It all happened within two to three hours uh, of each other murder, Mike. I mean, I gave you a call. I'm like, what the heck's going on for sale? What the heck's going on Westbound I-25? Uh, we had all these things that took place in a very short time frame, uh, about three hours with many fatalities.
2: That is correct. Yeah, actually within an hour and a half of each other. I think the first one came in. The Paseo accident came in at nine o'clock, and the two accidents on I forty came in at, at ten and a little after ten for the second one. So, uh, yeah, God, uh, it was—I I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. So I'm gonna—I'm <laughs> gonna jump right to it because there were three of them that uh, yesterday night. When the first one occurred, as you said, at close to uh, nine p.m. on westbound Paseo at Second Street, involving a number of vehicles and a motorcycle. Several of the several of the vehicles as well as the motorcycle, somehow caught fire, and the rider of the motorcycle was pronounced dead at the scene. Traffic was backed up to I-25, with motors being stuck before they could exit the sale to avoid the crash. The crash took several hours to clear, as drivers had gridlocked for several hours. Then, moving to the freeway, a fatal vehicle versus a semi-accident occurred on westbound 40 at the river just before 11 p.m. The driver of the vehicle was dead at the scene, requiring extrication by AFR personnel. The identity has not been released, and no word on if the driver of the semi sustained any injuries.
1: All right, let's go to that unreported uh, Greyhound bus. Uh, 24 injuries, 4 critical on 12th uh, eastbound. And uh, I stopped by there uh, today. I was uh, just driving right past there. They still had all the tape there on the uh, Greyhound bus. I'm assuming it was just right on the off-ramp.
2: It was. It was right on the off-ramp of 12th Street. I'm going to go right through that then, uh, because that occurred at 11.40 p.m. when a Graham bus traveling eastbound on I-40 crashed at the 12th Street off-ramp, striking a light pole. Witnesses told police a fight broke out aboard the bus between two individuals. One of the suspects intentionally grabbed the steering wheel of the bus, turning it sharply, causing the bus to leave the road and striking the light pole. A total of 24 people were injured, including the driver, who was critically injured and may not make it. As several others were seriously injured with the remainder of the 24 passengers, sustaining only mild injuries. The general manager of Greyhound was contacted by law enforcement to arrange for a second bus to be sent to the scene to transport the remaining passengers. He advised there were no drivers or secondary buses available, and there was nothing more that he could do. Uh, The Red Cross was immediately contacted to assist the remaining passengers in help finding safe transportation off the freeway and adequate lodging for those in need. It's unknown who or what happened to the second suspect involved, the two suspects involved in the fight, and the 12th Street Street ramps were closed most of the day, but reopened around 2.30 this afternoon. So yeah, that for you was a mess. All but right, finally, morning,
1: uh, murder Mike. Yeah, let's wrap I'm up. Right yeah, let's wrap up the stats and then let's get to today because I know today was already a busy day, which is you know going to take a little bit longer. But let's let's uh, curb that back if we could today because I know it's uh, been hot on the scanners. Do you have stats from over the weekend?
2: Uh, I was going to hold the stats off till tomorrow so I could finish okay. what happened today. Everything okay. Change. Go ahead and, and I was, go ahead then. It was. There were so many stats. i, I got to add them. Up. It was just so insane, so I apologize for that. Because this morning at 4.30 this morning, APD responded to another shooting at 4037 Montgomery Northeast. The victim, an unknown age male, suffered a single gunshot wound to the stomach. He was transported to UNMH by rescue personnel. And once again, this is something that's problematic, there were no ambulances available. He was taken to the OR by rescue and is listed in critical condition. Also, this afternoon, AFR is on the scene of a work, another working structure fire at 245 Vermont Northeast. This is considered to be a high-risk rescue, as there is reported to be one or more individuals trapped inside the building. <clears throat> Otherwise, there were so many drug overdoses over the weekend that I actually lost count with at least with at least a dozen being unconscious, not breathing, and beyond health.
1: Yeah.
2: And finally, if you look to the sky on Friday night and observed a strange light darting across the uh, you were not alone. An Albuquerque calls began coming in around 6 p.m. reporting this strange phenomenon. The streaking light was observed as far east as Georgia and was also seen in Texas, Arizona, and Colorado. It was quickly explained away as coming from SpaceX launch of numerous communication satellites, but that still leaves many questions unanswered as to, like, well, there's a lot of questions. Today. But finally, I, I took a break. Finally, I took a reality break Saturday night while Cheryl and I went to the annual Twinkle Light Parade in Nauville. There were several dozen floats and vehicles in the parade, all decorated with countless lights and festive decorations. There were well over 100 people in attendance, which made traffic a nightmare <laughs> when leaving here There was dead. a lot
1: more than that. Oh,
2: yeah, there was hundreds.
1: Yeah, there was thousands of people lining the street. So that's good. And there was, of course, the uh, victims of homicide uh, here. Uh, Murder Mike, great job. I appreciate you very much. We'll check back with you uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. for your new time. Thanks for delivering the news early. Uh, Tomorrow is Election Day, and uh, make sure that uh, each and every one of you gets out to both in District 7 and District 9, which we'll talk more about. All right, Murder Mike, I appreciate you very much. Pastor Steve Smotherman is uh, live here in studio. It's a little something that we do every single day, and it has to do, uh, Pastor Steve, with the fact that we don't get good information coming from our media. And I'll just start there. You know, so much of what... Uh, the public is being told is a lot different than the things that you and I are following, identifying the people in your very large congregation across the city come to talk with you about. And, uh, you know, it's not uh, sunshine, happiness and uh, and uh, a, a booming economy with no murders like uh, many of the people who are leading the city would like us to believe.
3: Well, and that's
1: correct. And one of the things that's hard for us to get out because we don't
3: basically own the media or the social media, is the truth or the other side. And so the left, the liberals, uh, these folks have tried to silence any kind of discussion or argument or debate and say, well, listen, you say this, but <laughs> there's another whole story here. And, and it's terrible. It's terrible what's happening in our city. It's terrible what's happening to the police. It's terrible what's happening to our economy. I mean, this governor killed our economy.
1: She destroyed it. And now she's trying to act like she didn't. And, and it's just terrible let's start right there because uh you know there's in every war the first casualty is truth and this has been a war right here in our state maybe like no other although you did see uh that new york shut down uh as of december 27th with mandatory vaccinations for every private uh business that's there but you know you've been fighting this fight uh right from the very beginning march 13th came i believe you took of all of one week hiatus in and doing that and uh now here we are you've taken the fight to her several times uh, like no other and uh we of course acknowledge just how you were how hard you were fighting despite some of the criticisms you were receiving from other pastors here which i thought was surprising because if we can keep one church open we can keep them all open uh but now we've you know this casualty of truth has died in in terms of what you're doing is wrong the irs and this is uh they're going to come after you and uh, you've been standing on your two feet this entire time Start to take us through the progression from March during that time, how you reacted, and then when you realized that this wasn't a pandemic, this wasn't about, you know, two weeks to slow the spread, that this became something quite political.
3: Well, you know, I told my team that was around me on March 12th when all this started coming out, I said, this is, and I didn't know anything other than just what I sensed uh, personally. I said, this is the greatest hoax. That will ever be perpetrated on america and from that premise that's where i that's where i built my foundation that, that i believe that was really the spirit of god i believe that was just the, how god was dealing with me and so you know then they said they'll close down for a few weeks we didn't close down the first week we did kind of close down the second week um because trump uh came out and said hey would you guys do help me out would you close down a few weeks so we could slow the curve And uh, we did that. But here's the reality in our church. We were never really close. We always had people show up. And I refused as a pastor, as a person that believes in God, to ever tell someone that's trying to come to church that they can't come in because of some some mandate. And so uh, we we pushed back immediately. And I said, this is this is wrong. There's something not right here. Um, Then it was the slow, the curve. And now it was like, we need more weeks and more weeks. Right. And so we just I just said, booey on this, I'm going to do what I want to do, because I don't believe anybody has the right to infringe on my religious freedom.
1: Well, and your congregation, when they needed you most was this time of crisis. People were being made uh, shut down March the 27th fully. Uh, Restaurants were shutting down. We've had about a 40 percent or 52 percent, depending upon the metric that people are using for the number of businesses that were shut down. And people didn't know what to make make of uh, what was happening. And this is when they needed to turn to God. And uh, that's why you kept your do- doors open, and I think why you have seen your congregation uh, continue to blossom.
3: Well, and that's true. I mean, I mean, you know, leadership is not built when it's easy. Leadership is really built w- through adversity. What are you going to do as a leader when there's adversity? And 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 sadly to say, a lot of the counter, my counterparts, that my peers, if you would, they closed their doors. They submitted to the government. They submitted to the fear mongering. And I just chose not to, and there were some other pastors that stood though don't get me wrong, there yep. were some other ones that stood, but the ones that would be more known they they were so weak and and it's it's such a uh, to me it was it was so discouraging to see that when you're called on to lead in the midst of adversity, you falter and i I really do believe the church faltered as a whole, not just in New Mexico but across the country uh, but there were some strong churches my brother you know he he's in Roswell he was fighting hard and he's very articulate and I just said, listen, nobody is going to tell us how to serve God. That's the bottom line. You're not going to do it. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next
1: day. In the last three months of Jesus's life, as you saw him, you know, really kind of, um, you know, grow and then really take the fight and I think fight back against the government. You had Herod and, you know, he was very, very unpopular. But nonetheless, people feared him sort of similar here. And Jesus took the fight directly to him and he didn't care what it cost him. Uh, we're now at this point here in the state of New Mexico, and this meant more, I think more distinctly, the city of Albuquerque, where we have an opportunity to sort of turn the tide. And I think a lot of that leadership has come by what you've done, maybe a little bit of what I've done, and some other people in the community who've chosen to not do what the government tells them to do all the time, because this is by force. They're scaring us with misinformation, 3,792 new cases, 12 new deaths, believe the stats, this is real. And I got to tell you, like, I'm not buying it either. And here we go into this another uh, downturn. And how do you prepare for year three of the COVID-19 uh, breakdown? And how much longer can we carry this fight? Don't Shouldn't we be able to go ahead and reach that tipping point, Pastor Steve, so that way we don't have to continue to, you know, build this defeatist victimization that we're getting from our government?
3: Well, I mean, first of all, you have been
1: fighting. So I'm
3: very, very grateful, Eddie, you and a few others. Really, it's just been a handful when you look at the totality of it. It's just been a few of us, and, and we all fight together. We all fight differently, we all f- but we're fighting the same foe, the, the same, same enemy. enemy. Yes. And, and unfortunately, our, our governor is our enemy. enemy, and people need to realize that. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. She is the enemy of freedom. She is the enemy of religious freedom. She's the enemy of, of prosperity. She is the enemy, and, 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 and she lies. She just its so bad to me. But the misinformation, the fear mongering. So, you notice they don't talk about science anymore. Right. Because they they found that if we can cause people to fear, we can control them. Right. And so the way we combat that is that, listen, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. He never once said, oh, you know, I didn't realize this so-called pandemic was coming. And so now you need to be afraid. And so I just don't understand how people, whether they're Christians or not, how they can believe a government that we know is is so unhealthy i don't care whether you're the republican or democrat right. the yeah. republican party to me is I just is, is i don't even i don't even listen to them because they they don't help anybody they don't stand for anything and um and so you know that we know that, that there's so much misinformation so why people listen to the media and listen to the government and think they're telling us the truth is beyond me i just don't get it i I don't understand it, but here's what I do know: I'm gonna fight, and I'm gonna keep fighting. We're coming into year three, twenty twenty something months of of let's you know lower the curve, yep. to uh, let's control you. And and I'm just not gonna let them control me. And I and I'm believing that people in New Mexico will rise up. We're, we're you know I was talking to Matt Staber, Liberty Council. We were texting back and forth the other day. And he said, you're one of the most oppressed states in all of America. Uh,
4: absolutely, yeah.
3: and, and, and why don't people realize that when I go out to Texas or Oklahoma or Kansas, you wouldn't even know there's a pandemic. Exactly. And you come back to New Mexico and it's just so oppressive with fear and, and, and lies and deceit. And I say this a lot now from the pulpit. It's so ironic to me that I've learned that the oppressed always keep voting in their oppressors. That's what they're doing. And what's driving that? It's the fear. It's the fear, it's the fear and the victim mindset and the thought that someone's going to help me. Someone's going to do something for me. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You get out and do something for yourself. Go back to work. I did a whole message on go back to work. <laughs> if you're waiting on, if you're just saying, "Well, I'm getting more money on this stimulus money." That's not real money and right. God can't bless that. Be, why can't God uh-huh. bless that? Because you didn't work for it. Right. You, you I worked for it so yeah. you can have it. And and that's what the government's doing: controlling your finances, controlling and say, "Hey, if you if you love us, if you believe in us, we'll give you more money." And then believe the fear mongering. And I, I, the propaganda of fear, uh, Eddie, is just so unconscionable. And I, I, I'm not. I don't even claim to be a smart guy, but I'm smart enough to realize that why would we ever buy into that?
1: Yeah, I think I feel your confidence in this battle. I think with every day that you fight. Uh, your resolve is strengthening because you see that every reveal, every level of perception, the reveal coming that, hey, we're not using ivermectin. We're not using hydroxychloroquine. We're not using all of these things that other states are using. Uh, we did the PCR test. We got massive number of people who are deciding to go ahead and, and take the PCR. We have, I don't know how many tests you get so you can create 3,700. Uh, we're creating our own fear and you're realizing, oh my gosh, the truth is revealed with every single day that's coming out. I think our, your resolve is strengthening with every day. And you see that with just the news that, that popped up today, uh, Jacob Candelaria, uh, a man whose wedding uh, was presided over by none other than Michelle Lujan Grisham, literally resigned uh, the Democrat party today, uh, less than an hour ago, and did, did declined to state. I think they feel the pressure. And I think there's a lot of Democrats and liberals who are deciding to leave because they see what you're pointing out in your sermons. And, uh, you know, the people who are coming to your church.
3: Well, how unhealthy does our state have to be? This is where we live. This is where our family lives. This is where we're raising our kids and our yeah. grandkids. When do we fight back and say, you know what, Michelle Grissom just just go away. We're not going to listen to you. We're not going to bow down to you. If you go to other parts of our state and you probably have
5: bovis yeah. Roswell, oh, yeah.
3: they don't wear masks. Right. It's like a different world than Albuquerque. And, and the arrogance of people today that think they can come up and ask you if you're vaccinated or, you know, why don't you have yeah. a mask on? I always think, how arrogant do you think you are to talk to us? You don't have that right, that freedom, but that's what the media and this fear-mongering has done. It's called such division. And when you say I have more confidence, I'm just more ticked off. I'm just like, I mean, when do you have a righteous indignation to say wrong is wrong and right is right? The problem with the world is and the book of Isaiah says, that, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And there are people in our state, even so-called good people, that are calling um, uh, good evil. They're calling evil good. They're, they're, they're doing exactly what God said. Woe to you, man. That's a danger. You need to be very careful. And, and, and the truth is this. We should be able to go live our life. And, and let me say it this way, too. We don't even need science anymore. We have data. Data. There you go. We have Bingo. data. But, yep. you know, they don't talk about the data. Why don't, why don't we do what Florida does? When the governor of, of Colorado said, we're not going to do a mass mandate because we've seen the failure of New Mexico. What does our governor do? Doubles down, triples down, quadruples down on failure. Failure. It doesn't work. It's never worked. Why is Florida doing so well? Massachusetts is not doing good. California is not doing good. Why is it? that we're one of the most locked down states in all of America because we have a tyrant. We have someone who's basically communist um, and, and believes that she's smarter than everybody. And, and I just think, why can't the average person just see this? But I'm telling you, we're people of a party spirit, it's factions in the, in the works of the flesh in the Bible and Galatians, that they would rather be a Democrat than be on the right side of, of, of humanity. And, and me, I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat or liberal, whatever. We've got to be on the right side of humanity, and it's not right what she's done to our state.
1: We're with Pastor Steve Smotherman. He, of course, is the pastor of Legacy Church. And uh, you know, i got to tell you, my parents, they follow you. They love you. A lot of people in the community love you and your courage. Uh, they don't like the insolence of Michelle Lujan Grisham and what she has decided to do. She is listening to no one. She walked into a room the other night and literally came in, came out, and just shut everybody else out as far as what she was talking about. And I think that people are done being talked at and, and talked down to. We can't survive a third year of this uh, in its current state. New Mexico certainly is probably the most uh, oppressed, as your uh, liberty-minded uh, friend uh, was was uh, explaining to you. And it's not going to get better unless we fight back. And you're doing a lot of that. We're going to talk about how to fight back when we return with Pastor Steve Smotherwin. We're absolutely blessed to have him here in the Kiva this afternoon right here. On AM 1600 KIVA, abq.fm, rockoftalk.com, back in three minutes.
6: The market is flooded with health supplements that claim benefits in memory, but virtually none offer credible evidence with their products working until now. Memory Revitalizer, 806060192. This potent natural formula was invented by a neuroscientist and physician. Memory Revitalizer slows aging, improves memory, increases energy, gives robust stamina. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 18 years. It is safe. It does not interact with other prescription drugs. Two large blinded studies confirm the benefits in memory capacity. Customers say it's wonderful. It works. It's essential. Buy it from Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies. Or purchase it from Moses Country Store and other independent health stores. Or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192.
7: JJ's is your complete automotive repair center, from oil changes, brakes, alignment, air conditioning, to repairs on your engine to keep you safe on the road. JJ can do it.
6: Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. And we can service any car, light truck, or SUV. When we service your vehicle, we'll do it right.
7: Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Services on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. That's 821-5771.
1: Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900.
8: Pet Food Gone Wild and Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full self-serve dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time. Cats, too. Oh, and ask for the grooming club card. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, providing natural food and supplements for healthy pets. Pet Food Gone Wild rewards card makes every visit easy. Pet Food Gone Wild, tap to call at pets.theplaceilike.com. You and your pets will love this month's offer at pets. dot Do you
1: believe the U. S. can run trillions? dollar deficits for us without consequence? Do you believe our politicians have any incentive to rein in spending? Do you believe the stock and bond markets are on solid ground? If you don't, and if you believe something's wrong, but you also believe there will be an opportunity as things change, then call Greg Zanetti at Zanetti Financial. He's been helping people with their investments since 1986. He sees the investment world through a clear lens. He gets it. No annuities, no insurance, no investor profiles. The goal is to make you money. Call Greg today, 250-3754, or visit him at ZanettiFinancial.com. This is The Rock of Talk on AM1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. There
9: is no political solution.
1: Apropos for exactly who we're speaking with And the message that is out there And it's not in a bottle It's out here in the Kiva And with Pastor C. Smotherman Pastor of uh, Legacy Church Just some quick stats uh, for your church I mean you guys have grown How many campuses? How do people find you online? Where can people watch your sermons?
3: Um, we we have six campuses um, Including Clovis and Portales. We have um, You can get us on legacychurch um, dot com. You can go to our website um you can we you can follow us on youtube we're on facebook we're on all those things um, you know so you can find us very easily
1: i love the two guys that do your introduction for your sermons and bring it in i want to say that that's done uh and we'd love to have you here in the kiva you know bringing that stuff on here because they're powerful messages i like to start off love the music the message uh when you decide to start talking about You know, the Bible, it's really all right there. And your crowd, I mean, they're stimulated. They're hanging on to every word. And uh, I got to say, you're blessed. And also congratulations for the work that you put in and building it. I was most impressed uh, when I got to your uh, congregation and we had an opportunity to kind of visit and strategize on some of the things that uh, we were working on and the people that were coming in and dropping and donating during the high time of the uh, pandemic back in 2020 which is right about mid-April, I, I believe, mid-April, late April. And I got to say, uh, that was very, very impressive. There was a line on a Monday morning outside of the parking lot just to come in and make those donations. That's very inspiring. And that's what it's going to take. You know, We can't depend upon the government to cure homeless. We can't depend upon the government to cure crime. We've got to keep families together. We've got to continue to you know, unite our community. We've got drug problems. We've got, uh, obviously, crime problems, which are, are fueling all the, the uh, rampant homicides, assaults, you know uh burglary uh we have a serious alcohol and drug abuse problem here uh in our city, and I think uh that all has to do with just just how incredibly uh spiritually vacant uh New Mexico has become. It really does feel like the heart of evil, and I will go right to the abortion issue and uh it was amazing what they did in twenty twenty at a time during a pandemic where they basically kept that third trimester. I think we're one of two states and in terms of uh, being uh, travel abortions, we're number one on a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. on Lomas, uh, where they all come to do it. And it's uh, very, very famous. So I threw a lot at you. I'll let you kind of do what you do every single day right here in the Kiva.
3: Well, you know, um, the people that call the legacy their home, they're an incredible people. I brag on them all over the country. I serve with some of the best people in the nation. Um, I couldn't ask for a better Group of people to serve with. I don't serve. I serve them, but I also serve with them. They're incredible human beings, and and they 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 understand that we're in a spiritual fight. This is more than just a Republican Democrat. This is a spiritual battle, and and we're fighting for our very freedoms to worship God the way we want to. And and I I believe in religious freedoms. That means if you want to worship a rock, you worship a rock. You have that right. Um, I don't think it's right, but you have the right. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. Um, and and so you know what's happened is the church um, has never been persecuted like this in the history of America. Yeah. Uh, when you look at some of the battles in in the in the Revolutionary War, they were fought a lot of them outside of churches because the preacher stood up and said, "Man, there's a time of peace and there's time of war. Let's go. It's time to go fight." Yeah. And and so a lot of the battles were fought outside of churches. Today we have such weakness in the pulpits of America and, and New Mexico. Uh, so many weak guys that they don't want to take a stand anywhere. They're just trying to be liked instead of being the church. They're trying to be liked instead of standing up for righteousness sake, which was God's way. And, yeah, and grow
1: it as a business.
3: And they, yeah, and it's, and it's just about that. It's about well, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, listen, it's not my message. If I preach the word of God and offend you, that's on you, dude, you take it up with God because yeah. it's not my message. It's his word. Yeah. And, um and they're so afraid and, and that's what's happened. And so, even with the abortion thing, the partial birth abortion, I realize we're the, we're the partial birth abortion capital in, in, the, in the United States. Um, and, and even when Susanna Martinez was governor, I texted her and said, listen, when we were fighting that, if you'll help us, we'll win. If you'll come out and speak to it, we'll win. And she was silent. They all go silent. They yeah. get in office and they go silent. And, um, and uh, now you've got this governor that brags on one of the most liberal abortion states in America now because of the bill that the Democrats passed. And and it's and it's it's an atrocity. We just why why do we think our state's going to be any better when we believe in murdering the innocent? And and poverty is a big reason for why we're dealing with so much crime. She has bankrupted our state. She we're, we're the economy is so awful. People don't want to go to work. Um and and then they've made so many. Uh, you know, the government has become our HR departments, which
1: I'm like, yep. you you've never even had a business. Why do you even have a say? And just for a point of clarity and to put it out there, who and who, who can, who can't go to work, which businesses can operate, which can, uh, uh, can't operate. And then of course, what you saw in New York city just this morning, if you're a private business mandating vaccinations, or it was struck down uh, because OSHA isn't forcing it anymore. But if you're more than a hundred employees, a mandated vaccine and We've seen that knock down the legacy of Donald Trump, which is to push back against that.
3: Well, and that's true. And so, you know, who are they to tell me? I, I wasn't going to listen to him anyway. I don't really
5: care. <laughs> um,
3: and I'll be honest, with you, I don't care. I, don't, yeah, I just like you're not going to tell me what to do. And if that means there's repercussions, then so be it. Let's go fight. Yeah. I have I have challenged the governor and I know this seems silly, but I have challenged her to a debate anywhere, anytime. I, and I even told her I said, listen, publicly, I said, listen, you can stack the room with all your people. I'll come in by myself mm-hmm. and still debate you. Yeah. Uh, because she's so bad, she's so awful. She talks to us like we're some little kids. She scolds people, and it's like, who do you think you are? You're an elected official. You're supposed to serve us, and so we we have all these mandates are made. And then I ask myself, why? Why we've never pushed anything like this before? And so you know, I was talking to one of my doctors, and I said, okay. Tell me if I take the vaccine that I won't get sick. I can't tell you that. Tell me if I take the vaccine, I won't end up the hospital. I can't tell you that. I said, why would I take it? I have a 99.8% chance of getting COVID and surviving. In fact, I had the Wuhan bioweapon. I had it for 18 days. Wow. I mean, I was down for 18 days and I did the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, a couple Z-packs. I did breathing treatments. And you know what? I'm feeling great today. Um, and so I told my wife, "You are never taking me to the hospital. Don't ever do I don't care if I'm dying on the floor because if I wake up there I'm leaving. yeah because, bench you because yeah, because they all they, they, they give you the worst things instead Remdesivir of the protocol. Yeah.
1: you and your your toast I just had a, a friend uh, pass away, I got to tell you I'm going to go back, I'm going to isolate that you know, the Wuhan bioweapon. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, I'm that's what
3: t- I call it from the podcast.
1: I think that is awesome. Thank you for calling it what it is. It is man-made. It is developed, and it it's not a vaccine. It's an mRNA gene therapy. And now we're adding booster shots to poor people who can't tolerate uh, the impact of that. And in fact, what's being suggested uh, to the people who have already had COVID, or yeah, wait at least sixty days if you've already had COVID, then you can take the Wuhan bio weapon. And at that point, we know that your antibodies won't destroy our vaccine, which we want in your body i want to go back because i don't want to get too carried away with with the wuhan although i love i gotta say i'm totally worked up and jazzed about the way that you phrase that and uh folks we're speaking with pastor steve smotherman uh legacy church and uh, glad to have him here in the kiva but i threw a lot of other things at you you're solving the homeless problem you're solving the people in needs problem with roadrunner food bank or wherever you're you're deciding to go ahead and and send that stuff out we talked about crime and excuse me talked about homelessness We've gone from 2,000 to 5,000 in terms of the number of people who are homeless. We've got uh, $20 million that's, that's given to people. I'm sure you don't receive very much, if anything, from the city of Albuquerque. you got the city of Albuquerque competing uh, with these nonprofit organizations, their ability to sell it. But we also have, in with the homelessness, crime. That goes up, the murders in, home, in hotels where these people are being uh, put up. You know, again, that spiritual bankruptcy, how much uh, and how often do you see this these types of items where people are coming in and saying, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm at my wits end, I can't survive anymore. Uh, Pastor Steve, Legacy Church, people in the congregation, your groups, how can you help us solve these problems in the community? Because the city of Albuquerque isn't, the mayor isn't, nobody is right now. Tell me how your your Legacy Church is is helping that.
3: Well, we have a place called Stillbridge. It's one of the things we have, And, and it's a place where we get people off the streets. If they're drug addicts, we get them cleaned up. We take them, send them to a place and they get detoxed and okay. we give them a place to live for a year um if they want to and it's a discipleship thing but they get clean they get they get healthy then we help them get we want them to get jobs we want them to be productive citizens in our state yeah. um that's one way we do it the other way is we 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 feed so many people right so and and then and then information you, you know people uh, the the reason that we are such so bad in New Mexico is all about leadership we know that yeah so, as a church, we help so many different groups we don't we don't have to do everything we're helping the veterans uh, organization get um, vets off the street you know get them get them to get their VA benefits so they can get healthy again and you know get over the whatever they're dealing with it whether it's PTSD or whatever so we help so many groups we give money to all these groups that are out there working to solve the problem and then what does the mayor and them do they come in and they make it a haven for it and they they, they don't they don't they don't help people. They just keep enabling them. And so we're trying to say there's another way. And if you want help, we'll help you. If you don't want help, then, you know, that's on you. And so Legacy Church and the people of Legacy, we help so many places do what they do well. And and that's one way we help. We're just trying to get people off the street. We're trying to get crime down. Um, you know, the the spiritual bankruptcy in New Mexico, we're spiritual bankrupt because People that say they believe in God I always ask when they say believe in God I said what God do you believe in well you know God no I don't what God do you believe in and almost nobody has ever looked at me and said I believe in the God of the Bible they believe in the God of their make-believe or whatever they made up and and that's why we're we're, we're in such poverty because we've rejected Christ we've rejected yes. the church right. we rejected God yes and every place that has done that is in poverty yeah and 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 so you know, you you go to these other red states that you know are more favorable to the church and more favorable right. to the things of God, and 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 they're prospering. Why can't New Mexico prosper? Because of pathetic, ungodly leadership. And if I could say this to Eddie, yes, the the, the Christians, the so-called Christians that bother me as much as anybody, are the Christians who say politics is not my thing, so I don't vote. Yeah. Well, a no vote is a vote for ungodliness. Yes. A no vote is an- another vote for Michelle Lujan Grisham. We, we, we need to be productive citizens in our own right. We need to cast a vote for a biblical worldview that believes in prosperity and people growing and developing and helping them and quit wasting our money on things that don't matter. And not dependency. And not dependency because we're supposed to be dependent on God. What the government has done in this last 20-something months is try to get people more dependent on them because even, even the environmentalist people, the climate change people, We've got to realize it's their religion. Yes. And, and they don't come out and say it, but they want us to believe in that and not God. Because you can't believe in God and climate change. Because the Bible clearly states, God said in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. He's never stopped saying that. And once God says something, it's, it's eternal. It, 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 his word will never be taken back. You know, his word will never fail. So he tells us to be fruitful and multiply. He didn't say, oh, by the way, when you get to seven billion, stop. And so all these people that says we're ruining our climate, we're you know our carbon footprint is terrible, we got to we got to depopulate the earth which is the Bill Gates yeah, and all these liberals correct. that are yep. doing he, And I
1: think that's part of the shot.
3: And that's part of the shot. So here's the problem. God never said it. So if we had 10 billion people on the earth it's not a, it, it's still not enough. God didn't say, "Oh, you know what? I forgot to make dirt big enough for being fruitful and multiply. I didn't realize these people would like to, you know, be that uh, productive when it comes to you know making babies um I mean, so so we 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 live in a world that's so full of what sounds good
1: but is so unhealthy i think uh when i hear you talk and i hear the people that are here listening in the in the kiva today i feel like i have hope and you identify the class of people who don't politically participate and the reason why they are allowed to succeed the climate changers uh, the zero population growth. The people say, Oh, well, I'm just fine with Albuquerque the way it is. We don't need to grow. As you know, I was really, I really, you know, we came here, to make babies, <laughs> make wine and worship at churches. You know, we've got a, this was the first Easter in, you know, 300 and I don't know, 50 years of, uh, that we didn't celebrate last year. Uh, and that was, you know, for an entire state that's built upon that, the second oldest city in Santa Fe, St. Faith, you know, I, it just, you know, boggles the mind. But I look at this and I say, okay, here's an opportunity. Tomorrow is Tuesday, December the 7th. And we have got a candidate in Lori Robertson who is every bit the type of person that we want to represent us at city council. And right now it looks like it's gonna be four to four with the tipping point being Lori Robertson. You decided to get involved and I'll say get involved because we do get involved, we care about this. And you're doing something, you're putting your money where your mouth is, and it says, can churches endorse political candidates? Tax laws say no. John Cardinal, they're literally, the world is coming at you. The world's coming at me. The, the world doesn't want good people who follow Jesus Christ to go ahead and take over. They want the dark, deep secrets. It's why they didn't see Zorrin, why they didn't. People can actually tomorrow, if they show up in District 7, and we're going to have Dan Lewis, he got District 5 back, and uh, we're going to get District 9 back with Renee Grau. If we get District 7, we hold the, uh, Tim Keller's feet to the fire and the largest population in the entire state of New Mexico, which could help swing things for 2022.
3: Exactly. And that's what I that, you know, when the media came after me, it's so funny. They don't come after the governor when she does all the crazy stuff. You know, she she has parties while we're standing in bread lines. Right. Um, They they don't really they don't deal with her. And because they're so corrupt and I, I say it all the time, they're corrupt. But let me introduce Lori Robertson in our church. And all of a sudden, oh no, the sky's falling. The guy is so terrible, and I just laugh at him like, "Do you really think I care what you say?" It doesn't bother me. Then they get these these, these candy leg attorneys on there that don't know 501c3 law and say, "Yeah, I think he may have violated. I think the IRS." Then you get Lori Robertson's opponent. Who says I think the attorney general of New Mexico should look at it? It's not even a state issue; it's a federal issue. Right. What would he have to say? I mean, what, there's nothing to say. And then the IRS is going to come get us. Here's what people need to realize: the IRS has never, ever, ever taken away a church tax exemption. And if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, let's talk about Kamala Harris who, who, who sent a video to what 500 churches in Virginia or West Virginia, whatever that election was for the governor and tried to get those people, they played it and tried to get those people to vote for the liberal and they lost. Well, why don't we talk about that? So, so Laurie Robertson, I believe can, will, will help us and help, you know, not only hold uh, uh, Keller's feet to the fire, but stop his liberal agenda. And we need, her. we need people like this, but if we don't go out and vote, then it doesn't matter.
1: You saw me debate Tim Keller and Manny Gonzalez, two Democrats against uh, one Republican. I think uh, we represented our message right, and I think in going to this, I think this carries over. Uh, I was very fortunate to get uh, my highest percentage in Dan Lewis. Dan Lewis took it. I think a lot of people, if they were to vote today for a new mayor, and that was going to be tomorrow, I think that's where I had a chance to, to go ahead and, and possibly punch through. I got into the very uh, latest, but you know, we've got to get those people. I was talking to somebody earlier today and I'm like, you're a great candidate. Why don't you think about running for a house district? You're a great, great candidate. I've never thought of that. Well, now you should. Get off the bench, get onto the field. And this is in our domain. As you know, this world does not belong to us. This is not where we are supposed to live and prosper, but it is more about winning hearts and minds. And dare I say it, Pastor Steve, in front of you, winning souls. and i think we can do that if we can convince people to say hey you know what you want to prove it the proof's out there i mean that is real proof of our faith that we can triumph over evil because the evil is real it's palpable and i see it internally within the party with the people who are preventing us from challenging votes or hey we don't want certain people representing us because we don't like his style they don't like your style They don't like my style. They don't like people who are strong, who are faithful, uh, you know, who are confident and who speak the truth. That's not what seems to win out because the media comes after those people every single time. I mean, it really is a propaganda machine. And, you know, final point, you mentioned the word communism here. And uh, Dan Lewis is uh, standing outside our door and it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for you guys to kind of, you know, get together and talk a little bit about the issues and you know, we're doing this here in the Kiva on the eve of tomorrow's election, folks. We need you to get involved. But communism, you saw Donald Trump right in front of Nancy Pelosi in the greatest State of the Union speech on February 5th of last year in 2020. Or excuse me, 20, yeah, 2019. It was a 2020, Yeah, 2019, when he did his last State of the Union speech and Nancy Pelosi ripped his speech and he says socialism will not ever exist here in the United States. Now, that wasn't a quote for quote. Brush Limbaugh was there at the presidential uh, uh, medals there. He dies a year later, a year and uh, roughly 12 days. And we look at this and we say to ourselves, we're letting it happen because we're not getting involved in participating. And when they ushered in communism in the Soviet Union, you know how it started? A small little thing happened in about 1903, 1904. They took over the papers. They took over the media. They made people think this stuff and they played it up. And lo and behold, nearly 20 years later, if they establish communism, the same thing is going to be happening here in the United States unless we stand up for here. And New Mexico, I think you would agree, based upon what you're saying, being the most oppressed place is ground zero for all this, Pastor Steve.
3: Oh, and exactly. And and, and the only hope is the church, because when we wow. really believe the word of God, uh, we will stand up for righteousness. We, we we will fight. One of the first things communism did was what? Get the Bible out of there. It was illegal to... to, to Put bring Bibles to communist Russia. It was illegal for people to bring Bibles into Cuba, but they smuggled them in anyway. I had friends that said, man, if I get caught, I'm going to prison in Cuba. What, why did they take away the Bible? Because once they know you truly believe, they can't cause you to fear. So all these so-called wow. Christians, and I, I I call them so-called, that are always afraid, well, I should be afraid of this. Why should you be afraid? Because they told you to be afraid? When did God tell you to be afraid?
1: I don't know if anybody ever asked you to repeat something, but I'm going to ask you as my guest in one favor. Repeat that again. Once they, once they, you, they know you believe, they can't cause you to, to fear.
3: Once, you, once The communists were smart enough to know. Uh, if you go back and look, once someone became a true believer, they couldn't create fear in them any longer. Yeah. Because if they died, they went to heaven. If I die, I go to heaven. I have not been afraid of this one day, not one day, not one day, not one day through this whole thing. As much as the propaganda and the media push it and all they kept telling us what, be afraid, be afraid. What'd they start out with? We're going to keep you safe. I told, I said this publicly, Michelle Lujan Grisham couldn't keep me safe walking across a street, a school bus stop. How is she going to keep you safe? She didn't keep anybody safe. She destroyed lives. And if you truly believe in the God of the Bible, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you truly believe. You're not going to be afraid of any of this because the worst thing that was going to happen to me when I got the Wuhan bioweapon was, was die and go to heaven. And and if that's what God wanted, then you know it's appointed on the man wants to die. At least I know where I'm going. The problem that most people is they say they believe in God, but they never act on the word. And so they get afraid and they're just like the world. The world is lost. They should be afraid. When they die, they're going to hell.
1: If you're not willing to spill blood for what it is that you believe in, then you don't believe in it. Is that fair? That
3: is fair. That is
1: that is really
3: fair. That's the truth. That's the reality that we we so I truly believe in the God of the Bible and I believe the Bible. Am I perfect? No. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. Am I a human being? Yes. Do I have I done things I shouldn't have done? Absolutely. But it doesn't stop me from believing in the God that's more than
1: enough. Is there more congruence? Is there more uh affinities and shared Uh, strength amongst the churches are they starting to come together coming with you or we still in that place uh, where certain churches are condemning other churches and I'm saying the most notably you and uh, I've run to you know identify those people who have been critical of you because you stuck your neck out you spent an inordinate amount of money to defend not just your church but every single church in the state of New Mexico that are running to you are are they are they feeling that are they getting more involved pastor Steve you know There's a lot of churches involved, um, uh,
3: but they're, they're, um, you wouldn't know them. They're, they're not, they're not in the public eye, if you would. They're, and, but there is a lot of pastors that have stood with us. I talked to one, uh, Calvary pastor out of Berlin and the Las Lunas area. Uh, and, and, and man, they said, we've been following you the whole time. So we, there is a group of people
1: that fight. It's the, some of the bigger churches that people know of that are the weakest. What you did say, there's the only way we can do it is through the churches, and everybody has different churches. Not everybody, unfortunately, goes to lay a legacy. Not everybody listens to the Kiva. Uh, we do have a lot of people, and you do have a lot of people, but we don't have everybody. But the only way through is through the tr- true uh, teachings of Jesus Christ and, of course, the God of the Bible. What do you believe in? And I just really want to you know, say, is there a way that, uh, or ask, is there a way that we can get these churches together to go ahead and take over 2022 well you know i don't
3: know because they all have such different beliefs when it comes to politics when it i mean the politics has been made a dirty word in the church but yet god dealt with politics through the whole bible he got kings took out kings put kings in yeah. I, mean, I mean it's so <laughs> ironic to me and they say, well jesus didn't jesus went against everything <laughs>
9: everything and, yeah.
3: and and so did paul i mean paul took on the the main politicians of the day and he was a bad
1: dude yeah all the paul and he was like hey i'm ready to party who's next i mean i gotta say that's the one i identify with the most you know
3: well paul paul was a tough dude you probably have a similar personality as he does (laughs) he he didn't mince words he just was rugged and and he but he believed in the god of of more than enough and and if we truly believe in god we've got to believe that god by his providence created america he took people from all over the world and said I'm gonna make one nation under God. What has the media done in the government? They try to divide us. Yeah. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, right? So so one nation. That means we're not we, we can be different colors, different races from different places, but when we come to America, one nation under God, and that's the unity that can
1: beat this thing. Pastor Steve Smotherman is here. He's gonna kick off our second hour. He's gonna bring in Dan Lewis, we'll let them have a conversation. We appreciate everybody tuning in into the Kiva. I'll of course uh, read some of your texts uh, when we as we have time. Big date tomorrow, next hour and 45 minutes, two hours really. We're gonna be focusing on that election uh, for tomorrow. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, share it with a friend at RockOfTalk.com. is the rock of talk on am 1600 kiva albuquerque
10: usa radio news with tim burke to slow down the amount of illegal immigrants coming across the u.s mexico border the biden administration has reinstated the remain in mexico policy which makes illegals await decisions on their immigration cases in Mexico. Lieutenant Chris Oliveras with the Texas Department of Public Safety joins Fox News and says the Biden administration should have acted sooner. This is something that should have been done at the beginning of the year, but we're almost a year into this border crisis, and there has been no action uh, taken upon the federal government to try to curb or deter or stop this border crisis. President Biden remains hopeful his Build Back Better bill, which is being debated in the Senate, will pass. Biden telling reporters he'd like to see it approved as early as we can get it. He adds he wants it done no matter how long it takes. USA Radio News. From city streets to back roads, from road warrior to
11: carpooler, there are some things you can always count on, like the reliability, durability, and power of Diehard, America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Diehard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Just in time for Christmas, Michael Dell has dropped the price of the standard Classic My Pillow regularly 69.98 to 19.98 now queen and king size slightly higher but that price includes a free press and pack bag so you can take your my pillow with you anywhere go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square use my promo code USA or call 1-800-951-8175 support mike lindell and american jobs and give my pillow for
3: christmas
10: All travelers, two and older, flying into the United States must show proof of a negative coronavirus test one day before travel. The rule takes effect Monday. The previous rule required a test three days before travel. Flyers who can show proof they recovered from the coronavirus within three months prior to the flight Don't have to show a negative test. And if these new regulations have you a little uncomfortable when it comes to traveling, Clinton Henderson is a travel expert. He tells NBC News, if you decide that you're uncomfortable traveling, call the airline, see what they'll do for you. A lot of times they will give you at least the value of the flight in a voucher that you can use on a future trip. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit died of a heart attack trainer Bob Baffert confirming the horse's death that happened today at Santa Anita in Southern California. The horse was caught up in a controversy following the race after it failed a drug test. This is USA Radio News. Employees in the Big Apple being told to get the jab or else.
0: New York City will impose a vaccine mandate for all private sector employers in the nation's largest city. The mandate will go into effect on December 27th. Mayor de Blasio on MSNBC Monday morning.
12: We've got Omicron as a new factor. We've got the colder weather, which is going to really create additional challenges with the Delta variant. We've got holiday gatherings. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board.
0: It should be noted the Omicron variant of COVID-19 in Africa, where it originated from, is not causing any extra hospitalizations on that continent. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Former Kansas
10: Republican Senator and 1996 GOP presidential nominee Bob Dole passed away Sunday at 98 years old. Florida Republican Congressman Michael Walls remembers Dole.
11: I looked up to him uh, in in so many
10: ways, uh, just as a man, uh, politically, but, you know, somebody who is a servant leader. Dole is also known for his service during World War II. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Four,
12: four, four, three, three, four, three. Albuquerque's Macro Aggression Eddie Aragon, the, the Rock of five. Talk. Eddie
1: Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 600 KIVA BQ.fm, rockoftalk.com Rock of Hour two coming right at you. We've got uh, Dan Lewis and Pastor Steve Smotherman, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna start the conversation here, and I'm gonna bring uh, these uh, two wonderful gentlemen. Uh, real leaders uh, here in our marketplace. Uh, And by that, I mean here in Albuquerque. And Dan, if you don't mind, just say hello first. Dan Dan Lewis, welcome back into the Kiva, sir. It's been a little while. I think the last time uh, you were here was... Maybe a debate or two uh, go. So it's glad- been a while.
4: No, thanks for having me on. It's been a while, it's been a while since I've been in your studio. So glad to be back in here. Yeah. Of course, I only agreed to this because I knew Pastor Steve <laughs> would be here.
1: Tilt that camera so it's uh, facing directly. Oh, it. There we are. So, there we go. Look, there is uh, handsome Dan over here, and then <laughs> and, uh, Super Steve. After that first if hour, if
4: anything with with you and Steve yeah. and I, if anything, this is gonna be fun. Well, All right. Well, yeah, we're
1: gonna and then, uh, party on Wayne, party on Garth, right here. <laughs> Uh just having it uh to conservatives world. This is pretty cool. All right. So I do want to just kind of set everything up. Okay. Because uh we don't want our last four years to look like our next four years to look like our last four years. Dan Lewis was the conservative head to head Republican candidate going against Tim Keller. You saw what you got with Tim Keller. Dan Lewis went and took back The city council pounded every single door. Every single time I was talking to Dan and bothering him, I don't even know what I was yammering on about, but Dan was out knocking doors. That's what it takes to to make good things happen. He took that back. That puts us roughly at four to four. It looks pretty good, but still get out there and vote. Renee Grout, okay? Got to get out there and carry her across the finish line. But the tipping point is that final seat, which is so incredibly important. Dan's going to sort of... Educate everybody here in the marketplace on why you need to turn out tomorrow to go ahead and vote for Lori Robertson uh, here. This is absolutely critical because, again, I'm going to repeat, we don't want the last four years to look like, or the next four years to look like the last four years. And specifically, you know, Pastor Steve, some other men's had to, you know, kind of carry a lot of the weight because we haven't had enough uh, elected uh, leadership out there uh, as well. So, Dan, congratulations on your win, and as a former president of the city council, twice over and especially on your last year out and the guy who took on Tim Keller head to head, why is this so critical?
4: Well, you do this to serve Eddie. I mean, I, I, I sat out for after I ran for mayor in the last four years did what a lot of, you know, people in New Mexico do. I worked hard and been working hard. I actually had a business during that time and uh, spending time with my family. And, and uh, so that's what I've been doing, but you know, you look around and and you see that, that, Hey, there's some, there's some work that can be done. And, And I look at my neighborhood, my area, my community and, and, I uh, figured I can get back in there and do some good for our, good, do, do some good for Albuquerque. And so that's what I did. You did a great job, by the way, on the West side. I mean, everywhere I went, every, uh, you know, I knocked on thousands of doors, like you said, and you had a lot of support on the West side, did a great job and really carried a great message, Eddie. And so I appreciate that. So, but you know, we look around at what's going on in our city over the last four years. And I'll tell you, we, we have more money in the city than we ever have before. I look at the budgets that we have right now and the budgets that we dealt with four years ago and, and eight years ago. Uh, this city has more money than it's ever had before, uh, yet highest crime, higher, higher, high, more homicides than we've ever had before, more homelessness than we've ever had before. Uh, and so we need good leadership, good accountability, and better decisions in this city. All right. Here I'm back. I just had to run and grab my computer very quickly.
1: All right. Pastor Steve, Dan Lewis, I want you guys to go back and forth, talk about the state of the city. You guys are uh, guys are both men of God. Loved your message. I can't tell you the number of uh, text messages I got, which I will read, uh, Pastor Steve, which is incredible. But um, as it pertains to the city of Albuquerque and why this means so much, what happens, dare I say it, if we don't win and don't have a, a balance of power? And what will your concerns be, Pastor Steve?
3: Well, first of all, I want to congratulate Dan. Dan, I've known him for a long time, and he's my city councilor. So I'm happy to have him as our city council where I live. Um, I, I, I agree with him. I, if we don't, if we if we can win this seat with Lori Robertson, we we can nullify basically what the mayor has been doing. When when Dan Councilman Lewis was talking about you know higher crime, higher homelessness, it, it doesn't need to be that way, and it shouldn't be that way. And and you have higher crime because you know he's he's put handcuffs on the police. You have higher crime because of poverty. Um, there's so many things, but if we can get good leadership in that believes in, in just our constitution, they don't even have to be so much godly as as, as I would like them to be. But they, if they just believe in the Constitution of the United States, we could remedy all this, don't you think, Dan?
4: No, absolutely. And and there is a there is a role that the council plays, and I'm afraid. And honestly, I I've seen some of the council meetings over the last you know few years. It, it really is right now, and to be honest, I mean it's a, it's been a joke because of a. Uh, and I think we, you call it due to COVID or whatever it might be. Uh, but that council is there for the checks and balances with the mayor's office there. And this is not about just saying no to the mayor. It's about making better decisions and counselors actively asking questions, holding these decisions accountable. Uh, and I'm afraid not a lot of that has happened over the last few years. And so I intend to lead this council. I intend to, for it to be a, um, it to be different, much different. Uh, directors in, in in those council meetings, um, all the mayor's staff in those council meetings, answering questions and coming up with better ideas, good ideas to lead this city. Uh, but I'm afraid that you know it's been an embarrassment when I when I see what's gone on over the last few years, and that's going to change.
1: Dan, I want to uh, ask you, and just one of the best things that we can do, and just like Pastor Steve went, he's like he wants to get our people doing the right things. By our people, are the ones who are wearing our jerseys and you know, all that kind of uh, doodad. But I got to tell you, we've got a GOP counselor. It's funny they re- re- reference them suddenly as party, which is what I try to impress upon people. Brooke Basson has formed an alliance with Mayor Tim Keller. Uh, Dan, you're a strong leader and uh, you're now elected and you've kind of got the ball for us uh, there in city council for a $110 million bond package for citywide improvements that could be approved before Lewis and other new counselors take office January 1st. And uh, I got to I got to ask you, how uh, how can we keep our team together? The Democrats are good at doing it together. I'm not trying to make this about party so much, but just policy. One hundred and ten million dollars during this time. You ran the budget. We're now at one point two billion dollars. How can you keep our team together? And that's just a fiscal question.
4: Well, I'd say it started with the election in November, and so that was a great start. I mean, this was a reflection of people getting involved and saying enough is enough, and and tired of what what's what's going on. And so that's been that that's great. And tomorrow is going to be a, a great day as well. I think uh, uh, with these two candidates, they're going to make great counselors and they're going to make great decisions. And so, um, but again, I I intend to lead that process and and bring those counselors together, making sure we make good decisions. And so. And I tell you, people being involved, and one of the things I, I appreciate about, many things I appreciate about you know, Pastor Smotherman, uh, that he, he is involved in the, the public debate, um, and, uh, and sometimes it's messy. Uh, but he, he takes a stand, and I appreciate that about you know, pastors that do that, and particularly Steve for, for, for taking a stand and doing that and encouraging his people uh, to be involved in this process. There's decisions being made right now in those counsel, in that, that council meeting that's going on right now Uh, that affect our city, that affect us in every way. And so it's about getting involved. It's about understanding and knowing what's going on, arming city councilors with good information and feedback, and just being involved makes a huge difference. Some of your
1: commitments uh, that you'll make in the city council, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's a conservative and a Republican uh, approach, and I hope that that is, uh, I think, incumbent upon the other councilors who are already there, I think will uh, tell us, Whether or not we have a chance to go ahead, not just save the city, but save the state. As you go, Dan, you're carrying kind of a having to carry a lot of weight here in that council. And I got to uh, ask you, what do you think are the uh, pitfalls or obstacles? uh, You know, where you where compromise might be a little bit too attractive for you, and you might not look past it and say, "Hey, we're going to work with them on that." Are you going to stick to you know what what the conservatives and Republicans are doing? Just kind of trying to get back into your style of leadership.
4: Well, I mean, I have, I, I, come into office with the principles that I, that I have. And certainly I have a faith that drives the decisions that I make. And so, uh, and those, those are, those things are not going to change. And this city government is set up a lot like the federal government. Um, there's a strong mayor. It's like, like he's like the, the president or the administration. He leads those departments, but then you have a legislative body that represents certain areas. And so, you know, I'm going to do what I can, uh, to, to, you know, to be responsive to the, the people in my district and the needs that they have. And so as a good city councilor, you got to work hard for the needs of the people in the district. And sometimes that results in good legislation. And and then you have to look at the needs of the city. And, and, uh, uh, you know, my, my principles are, you know, honestly, I, I believe in it's, you know, government is not the answer to everything. In fact, you guys were talking earlier about homelessness and all the great ministries and, and, uh, that are going on in the city and people that are actively helping people, uh, in need. And, and, uh, and, you know, churches can do it better. Faith-based ministries do it much better uh, than the government. You know, when you talk about the Gateway Center and this, uh, um, you know, th- it's limited what it can do. And yet it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, politicians come together and say, look, look what we're doing to be able to solve homelessness. And it's limited. It's not as effective as what, what, what faith-based ministries can do to really change people's lives and help people long term. And the data shows that. Um, you know, government just cannot do it better. Uh, and so, so much about as a conservative, uh, when it comes to, you know, being at city hall, uh, is about, you know, fiscal responsibility. Um, it's about making good decisions that give people a good return on their tax dollar. Um, and so, but I tell you what happens is you got these far left organizations, uh, and, and, you know, there's all kinds of legislation that comes from people that are from outside the state. And there's always a city councilor that's going to carry their water. Uh, and they bring, whether it be, um, you know, sick leave or the paper bag or the plastic bag ban and just on and on these, I mean, job killing, business killing initiatives, uh, that there's always going to be someone that's going to bring this up. And you got to have people that are going to come in there with common sense and say, no, this is not helpful. This is not what's going to really help our city.
1: And the Albuquerque Police Department, uh, we know that uh, there have continued retirements. Um, How can we prevent that from happening? We're not trying to make Tim Keller look good, We're just trying to make sure we have a proper response to crime at at this point. And I know that that is a concern uh, for you as well, Pastor Steve Steve Smotherman, because there's been a number of murders right there in your area, Coors and Central at your main campus. Uh, Your thoughts on keeping Albuquerque Police Department working through them from a city council standpoint, or is there any providence of the city council even working with APD?
4: Well, I think, uh, again, I, I think that a lot of things have just been you know, allowed to happen without a whole lot of public debate about it in council meetings where, I mean, when I was on the council, we, we had the, I mean, the chief was there with us answering questions every night, you know, and we were you know talking through decisions that were, that were being made, initiatives that they put in place. Um, you know, if they needed funding, I mean, every dollar that we put forward and and gave them, uh, there was an answer to how those dollars were going to be spent and how it was going to reduce crime and how we were going to increase officers. Sadly, I mean, I think we're at the officer count that we were four years ago, yeah. and with all the plans and all the goals to be able to increase officers, uh, it's just not working. It's not happening, and so I'm going into this, walking into this, going, whatever we're doing right now, um, you know, I, I want to see, uh, you know, a a new plan um, that we're implementing, and I want to see progress to it every week, and I want to have I want to have those reports, uh, you know, you know, just regularly, uh, but the status quo is just gonna, is unacceptable.
1: No doubt about it. We're with Dan Lewis, newly elected city council, and uh, Pastor Steve Smotherman. Pastor Smotherman, your thoughts on uh, Dan Lewis and some other subjects that we want to sort of uh, approach with him?
3: Well, first of all, I think Dan is very smart, and I think um, the way he has, uh, when when I uh, when he was on the city council before, the way he managed, uh, you know, his beliefs, uh, what he wanted to go forward. Um, you know the difference between Dan and I is I'm a preacher. I can say what I want when I want, and I don't care. Um, he he has a whole bunch of constituents that he's accountable to, whether they voted for him or not. And so I think Dan is very wise in how he's handled this. I think with the police thing, um, that we 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 need to we we need to free them up to be police. Um, we you know I know there's one thing that's happened where if a police officer, you know, if they pull Dan over or myself, and then they're off talking by themselves. And on their cameras, if they use any profanity, they get in trouble. It's yeah. like this has become ridiculous. As, as I don't know how much more ridiculous it can become. We have to let the police be the police without um, without threatening them all the time, just because of public opinion. Um, when someone's in trouble, they still call the police. Uh, I think we need Keller to quit lying about how many police and how many are on the streets. I I, I The media just won't call him... Uh, you know call him out on on the things he's saying that aren't true. The reason they're resigning is because of pathetic leadership they don't why do they want to why do they want to serve our community when there's no one backing them up? I want them to know the police Steve and legacy church'll we'll back you up. we'll We'll help you guys in any way we can i I believe there's bad police, but there's mostly good police there's bad preachers and there's good preachers there's bad city councilors, and the ones that have been sitting on it lately that dance saw about are all bad. Um, and then there's there's good city councilors. There's good and bad and everything. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we as people of New Mexico and city people who live in the city of Albuquerque, we need to support these guys. These guys, I want them to go home. If the bad guys go home, I don't You know. That's OK. They, they go home. They, they go home. But I want the good guys to go home every night to their families. And so if we don't support them and pray for them, pray for our city councilors, ask God to give them wisdom, um, then, then we're lost again. And, and, and I can say that. Let me say this about the Republican Party. The problem with Republicans, when they get in office, they tend to go left. They tend to go left. And I, I remember when R.J. Berry was there and I, we helped him. And I don't know why I did, but I did. And and, and, and he, he gave me his word. He would only put people around him that are like minded. What does he do? He goes, and far as the far, he goes and finds the far left people and put them in places of authority. That's what the Democrats don't do, because here's what the Bible says. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? We need to find like-minded people that support what we're, the agendas we're going for. And if we're going for a healthy city, then we need that. We need to find people who believe in a healthy city.
1: The Department of Justice decree. Uh, with that being said, uh, Dan, I got to ask you. There was something that when you were involved with the council, you were there, you were involved with it. I know we've got you know our issues that 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 brought in that that was when it was ushered in back in I think 2014. What can we do? What can be done? How can we push back against that? Because it seems like this compliance thing is going to continue to hang over our heads, and it's only going to induce a higher level of crime.
4: Those issues were resolved years ago. We're we're six years, six seven years now into a four year agreement with the DOJ, and 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 we need to put an end to that right away. Now, Biden's own attorney general uh, just made some statements recently, um, saying some reforms to the consent decrees you know going on around the country and. And several of the highlights of that of those reforms. Number one is a cap on spending. Number two is a deadline that they will not start any other consent degrees unless there is a deadline on when it will end. One of the first things I'm going to do this next year is uh, pretty quickly into the into the year is put together a resolution, put together, make it policy, make it law in the city that the that the, the city has to renegotiate uh, that contract that 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 agreement. Um, and of course, there's a There's a judge, there's a prosecutor, which is the DOJ, and there's the defense, which is the city of Albuquerque. So I'll make sure that all of the resources of our our city attorney's office uh, are involved in renegotiating and making sure there's a cap on the spending and that there is an end date. And that end date needs to be sooner than later.
1: This is why it's absolutely critical, right, Pastor Steve, to go ahead and elect uh, Lori Robertson tomorrow. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We got to elect Lori Robertson because if we don't get that with that proposal that's going out, we're not going to renegotiate. And they're happy despite the fact that Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to be running on crime next year. Oh, she wants to take home the the trophy. She cured crime next year, which begs the question, why is it so bad this year? You might want to make it worse the year before she has a chance to make it better. But this is why we need to elect a majority conservative council uh, come tomorrow. And we can do that. Pulls open tomorrow at 7, uh, close tomorrow at 7 uh, p.m. I got to ask you guys, how do you guys feel right now? Dan seems uh, confident. Pastor Steve, what's the feedback uh, that you're getting?
3: You know, I I I tend to be very optimistic in these things. And I, uh, I believe that Lori's done the work. I believe she's the right person. Uh, I'm just believing that the people in District 7 will see that and come out and vote. You know, this tends to be a low turnout vote time because of it's a runoff and 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 i i think it's just the turnout now if, if we can get the turnout uh, she can win and and if she wins it'll it'll help our city uh, this is our city people we live in this city we've already seen the other side the left fail they failed miserably they continue to fail why do we want to continue to vote for failure let's let's give someone else a shot and see if we don't see a lot of changes that that councilor uh, lewis has just talked about and just brought out i mean he's just he knows what needs to be done. He just needs help doing it.
1: These big issues that stand in front of us, uh, Dan, homelessness, crime. Uh, we've got things like the Gateway Center that are sitting out there. I got to look at these things and I got to say, well, there's got to be somebody who's going to fight back against it. It seems like most people were uh, you know, involved with spending more money on real estate deals for the city of Albuquerque. Um, your thoughts on that Gateway Center deal and how would you maybe have handled it differently or are you
4: behind it? I, I'm not behind it. I mean, I would have handled that entirely differently. I, I think, again, I think that money, you know, taxpayer dollars are better used to with, with ministries in the city that uh, are actively every day uh, working with people that are homeless and down and out and actually making a difference in their lives long term. And again, like I was saying before, I mean, the data shows that faith-based ministries do it better than government can. And so, unfortunately, there was this idea, and this, this came up with Keller, you know, four years ago, and uh, at, in, in, in that election and and ultimately they were able to you know, purchase some property and, and it's limited how many beds I think I don't even know how many beds I think at one point it was like 15 you know and then it got up to like 60 beds and something I just it's absolutely but what it does is it says unless these politicians say look we're doing something we're actually doing something right. about it I love organizations like Albuquerque heading home and uh, other organizations like that that are bringing together all the faith-based ministries and all the organizations and uh, utilizing all their strengths and talents and being able to identify every single person in this city uh, that's uh, that's on the streets and, and, and matching them together with the organizations and ministries that could actually help them. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to do. Over the next year, I'm going to be looking for opportunities that I can direct dollars, taxpayer dollars that are already designated toward uh, the, these types of initiatives and make sure they're sent to um, the kind of organizations that are really making a difference. 25 families, 100 uh, individuals is all that that can happen. Uh, we
1: went from 2,000 to 5,000 homeless people, uh, Dan, and it is everywhere. And crime is absolutely rampant. Were you were you astonished as I was to see those numbers when Tim Keller uh, basically said, "Well, well, you know, it is what it is. It's 5,000 homeless people."
4: Absolutely, I was astonished by it. I, I honestly, I'm a little bit. I feel a little bit like. I was saying these things four years ago. Yes, you were. I and mean, when it came to crime and all these, and, and people mm-hmm. act like this is all brand new, you know. Right. But it was—it's amazing, you know. Some of the things we were talking about four years ago. But I, again, so much—so much of this, these elections like this are affected by what's going on nationally and the national mood. And certainly, it's in—it's—it's in—in in the favor of people who are about common sense right now. You know, people look at what's going on nationally and they look at the people in power and the people that are making decisions and saying, no, this—this this is not the direction we need to go. And hopefully it's enough to be able to make a difference in you know, elections like tomorrow uh, that could actually you know, really help us to be able to tr- turn the tide. Folks, we need 1,100,
1: 1,200 uh, Republican votes out there in District 7. That will be the difference in all of this. So we got to get you to show up and uh, pay attention, whatever you can possibly do to uh, uh, get yourself out there. be good. Let me rifle through a number of text messages. As we're waiting for Lori, she's uh, in conference right now. Even California is less restrictive. Just got back from Orange County, Pastor Steve. Masks are optional in Orange County. You probably have a connection out there. Is that similar to what you're hearing?
3: Well, yes. I was in San Diego um, right before I got the Wuhan bioweapon,
9: and uh, and and they <laughs> I they love it.
3: They they uh, they weren't wearing masks anywhere. I was like, this is this is this is more conservative than where I live. Yeah, there was no mask. Anywhere. No one even commented. I walked into restaurants and the stores and. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, yeah, that's what I'm hearing.
1: Uh, let's see, Fort Hills voting, tried to keep me from voting, Eddie. I did not have a mask last Friday. I said, there is no law. I said, call the sheriff. They cleared the room and then they let him vote. You got to fight. That's part of the fight that, you know, both of you are talking about, but that's certainly what you talked about all first hour, Pastor Steve.
3: Well, yeah, you know, when I went to vote for Dan, um, I walked in, they said, you need to put a mask on. I said, I don't need to put a mask on. This is America. I have a right to go cast my vote yeah. without being harassed. And it was a little old. It was an older lady. And I I, I laughed because now I'm 60, Dan. So I'm like, I could be older, too. But um, and I, I didn't give her a hard time. I just put it under my chin and said, I'm not going to do this. This is America. I'm going to vote the way I want to vote. I want people to see who I am. And uh, so, yeah, they tried to stop me, too. And I said, I don't care what you say. I'm going to go vote.
1: It'd be nice if we can see the same type of courage exhibited by you voters uh, out there. Eddie, I'm so happy to hear uh, you and Pastor Steve talking, two giants of the fight for freedom here in Albuquerque. We are stronger and stronger together. Yes, everybody does need to get together. And that's why you guys did it on the west side to vote for Dan. He got back in. I mean, we're we're almost there, folks. And tomorrow, we all got to get together in District 7 to vote for Lori Robertson. And of course, District 9 for Renee Grout. Uh, let's see. And what happened with the grand jury petitions we signed at Legacy? We talked about that. You're addressing that. Uh, Pastor Steve is uh, on the case. He saw all the petitions, by the way, that we had to impeach, even though you can't impeach. It's a recall and it is official. So he was uh, he was happy to see that document. Freedom Rally tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 p.m. to 5.30, Paseo del Norte and San Pedro. So that's where the Freedom Rally is, 3 p.m. to 5.30. You know, we've done a lot of these this last year. How impressed are... The two of you and seeing just the number of grassroots support organizations people pushing you know to get out there and exhibit and celebrate their freedom and saying you know stop here whether it's the red flag gun laws which is prior to COVID, and then post-covid then it was hey you're not going to go ahead and shut our businesses we're going to keep our churches open
4: i think it's great and i and i think it's going to result in a lot of wins for conservatives over this next year i think our state legislature is going to change drastically in the next year uh, this is a good time to be a conservative in the state right now wow. uh, next year. I love that. Um, I really do believe that that, uh, that that tide is turning and we're going to gain a lot of ground and, and, uh, and because of it, this state's going to be a lot more blessed, I believe, because there'll be a whole lot better decisions that are being made uh, that, that truly help people. Uh, and not just, uh you know, not just the, um you know, a lot of people they are just out for themselves. I mean, I, I tell you when you're, when you're, when you serve at a place like City Hall or in the state legislature, there, there are a lot of people that are motivated by a lot of evil things, you know, a lot of, by, by, by selfishness and greed and speed and a whole lot of things that lead to bad decisions. And when you're, and we have elected people that understand who they are, uh, that are centered, uh, that are principled, a lot of good decisions are made out of that. And I just believe that I, I'm, I'm encouraged by a lot of good candidates that are stepping forward right now uh, that are willing to serve. You know, I think about our, when we when we talk about people who believe in the Constitution and our founding fathers and when this country was started, it was an experiment and they thought, we don't know if this is really going to work. I mean, we hope it will, but they thought that it would. But one of the things that they believe that if, that it, it's not going to work unless the people that get elected are people that, first of all, believe in God <laughs> and, uh, and that are centered, know who they are, whose they are, and make decisions based on the good of the people and not just out for themselves. And so... Uh, they 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 said that if we get people like that, they get elected, then this this will work. You know, this 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 uh, this republic will work. And so I'm encouraged by some great candidates that are stepping up. Pastor Steve, uh,
1: I'd like to go back to that saying again about belief and fear. Once they know that we believe, then
3: well, you know, once you once the, you know when the communist party took over in Russia, once they found out that you believed in the Bible, that's why they outlawed it. Then they couldn't create fear in you. They could say we're going to kill you, and we're like were like okay I, i'm going to heaven then and 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 so when you truly believe the word of god when you truly believe it then they cannot create fear in you it, the media can't all the propaganda uh, can't and so that's that's what it takes when you truly believe in the god of the bible then you won't be as afraid and and you when you learn what god says then then you won't fear you'll you'll take the righteous stands that he wants you to take and people like Dan Lewis and Lori Robertson, I believe they're willing to take those stands. And, and, and the, the, the problem with people today is that, well, maybe the founding fathers. The reason they wrote down the Constitution, because then it, then, it won't, then it has no room for emotion. It is what it is. We have the Second Amendment, so we have the right to bear arms. We, we have the First Amendment, so we have the right to religious freedom, which is the first one, by the way, and the freedom of press and the freedom of speech. And and they took out all the emotion of it. What what's happening today with some of these uh, liberal liberal leaders is they're putting emotion into it, and people are caught up with their emotion. It's like that's why you have a written document. It's the same way with the Bible. Regardless of what you're emotionally feeling, the Bible is the Bible is the Bible and will never change.
1: It's a spiritual battle, Dan. I think uh, you were basically just communicating that in another way, and then uh, of course being church centered. If we can get all of our churches together, something we referenced in and making them work together, I think. My gosh,
4: 2022 belongs to us, and uh, every year thereafter, Dan. And I and I know we've talked about this, but I I I don't I want to just reiterate just the impact that churches can make and that pastors can make, Christians can make uh, when it comes to elected officials, and just to get to know them, you know, let them know that you're praying for them, get to know them, you know, over the years, and I've known Pastor Steve for a long time, and I think how we, you know, as we started to get to know each other, a lot of times it was just you know Pastor Steve calling me up just out of the blue and saying, Asking me how I'm doing, asking me about my family, praying for me, and it was always right at the right time. It was just when I think God knew I needed it the most. And so, um, but that that's impacted my life in a lot of ways. And I think that uh, there's a lot of elected officials that need that encouragement. They need the friendship. They need to be armed with the truth. And so, um, th- so that's critically important. And what Legacy Church does, and the example that Pastor Steve gives for just being involved in the process, I think is so important. And, you know, I've been criticized for going to legacy and pastor Steve's been criticized for supporting me, you know, but I, I look at it like, I don't care. I'm going to have the back of somebody who, who, uh, who has my back and somebody who's willing to take the stand, take a stand for what's right and what's true. And, and, uh, and, and, and and sometimes I just go to, you know, to, to pastor Steve's church, just to listen and to hear that wisdom. Say one time I was on a trip to Dallas. It was a business trip. And I was the last person on that plane. It was Southwest. And I, I'm thinking, oh, no, i got to sit in an aisle seat. And I get to the back of the plane, and the only seat left on that plane was right next to Pastor Steve Smotherman. Amen. And so That's God awesome. knew that I needed about three hours
9: yeah. <laughs> of uh,
4: just to listen to him oh and uh, hear some wisdom and, and – uh, yeah uh, i don't think he got much wisdom but
1: we did have a great conversation iron sharpening iron there at the back of the southwest
4: but i tell you, the first time i heard him though was he was on tv and uh like anybody on tv you know your first impression is this is a scoundrel you know i don't believe a word he's saying and uh (laughs) but i got to know him personally and he's probably one of the most genuine you know people i've ever met in my life and and uh, so I, I appreciate it.
1: I think that's, uh, you know, kind of leads me to a word that we use to describe uh, Pastor Steve Smotherman. By the way, uh, six churches uh, or six campuses, main campus, uh, Coors and Central Legacy Church. You can watch him. I would like to, you know, we get to watch him right here in rock of talk on TV. But the word is resonate Uh, somehow in our gut, in our soul, in within us is this, you know, BS meter or truth uh, meter. Right. We all know it. And when we hear the truth, we run to it, we flock to it. And isn't it amazing how the liberal media recognizes that what we're saying is the truth to the point that they're suppressing everything that we're putting out there because they don't want the truth uh, to be told. Maybe you could share a passage with us, not to put you on the spot, or something that would just talk about, you know, I I say, you know, truth is the first casualty, Pastor Steve, but, you know, it is nothing but lies, lies, and damn lies that are uh, in the media. And that's why we see... The results that we've been seeing over the years
3: you know the scripture that always comes to mind is matthew six thirty three that seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness his ways of doing things and all these things will be added to you too many people are seeking what the world has and all the things in the world and god says don't you understand if you put me first and put my ways first his righteousness is his ways." um and then in his own right was a is a great preacher but his if we would do that then we wouldn't be so caught up with all the other stuff. We would, the media wouldn't be able to inundate us with lies. We would just, like you said, we'd have a meter um, that just says, no, I'm, I'm, that's not true, and, and the word of God is true, and so it, it resonates in our spirits because God is truth. He doesn't have truth. He is truth. And if we would just put Him first in our lives, it would resolve so many other issues in our lives.
1: Can you imagine the nails on the chalkboard of our three voices? at the liberals and what they're hearing right now as we are speaking this stuff, unafraid, unabashed, and with the confidence of a reelection of the man who should have been mayor back in 2017, Dan Lewis. And we sit here and he gets back into council 2021 and to see that we're on the cusp of possibly tipping this over at the ground zero for I think what has become the heart of evil. He attacked New Mexico first. And the reason why that dependency on the federal government, we were the first place to bring Jesus Christ to the new world right here in this land. It feels kind of special, but it's also kind of weird, I'm sure, Pastor Steve, when you say like, how did a place this beautiful, this gorgeous, become so anti-Christ in so many ways, Uh, from the late term abortions to, you know, the way that we're uh, 36% dependent upon that federal money, that we've become a death spiral state. I mean, you're preaching a, a, a gospel of prosperity. Uh, because that's what Jesus is—it's prosperous—and not in the way that Joel Osteen is, or some all this, all this other stuff that people try to, you know, make churches at, uh, seem to be. And it just must be feel a little—I hate to use the word because it's overused—but surreal uh, to say that, hey, in this majestic place, we once grew vines, you know, established churches, and built families.
3: Well, and and y- you know that's why we contend for the place we live in. And, you know, how you go away from it is when people um, leave God out of their lives and when they uh, when they're of a party more than they're of God. In mm-hmm. other words, we need to have a biblical worldview instead of being Democrat and Republican. We need to have this biblical worldview. And wherever God is, is, is promoted, wherever God is honored, he prospers the people. And prosperity is not just your pocketbook. It's peace of mind. It It's it's um. It's helping people have wisdom and discretion and make better decisions. Prosperity is a whole big thing more than just money. And, and the reason our state has gone so bad is because we think or we have thought as Christians, maybe or so-called Christians, that it didn't matter who was in office, that God is in control. And, and when people say that, they need to realize that the God of this world, the Bible says in First Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world, Second Corinthians, that the God of this world is the devil. He's the one of the world. He's over the world's systems. And if we don't come back and say, listen, we want God's systems in place, then he reigns. And when he reigns, he brings poverty. He brings crime. He brings death to everything. And if we want we want to see a prosperous people, if we want to see a prosperous state, if we want to see um, people like Dan Lewis get in office, then we have to support them. Now, he's not going to probably make every decision I want him to make, but he doesn't have to.
1: Well, you say the leadership matters. There's the leadership right there. How different our last four years would have looked had we decided to go ahead and get behind him. And and I went to every event that I possibly could for Dan. I was on the the radio that, that final day, and I could just tell you, I mean, it was disheartening just to see that. So if we change it tomorrow, and Dan's already put in his work, and Lori Robertson's get elected, in uh, district seven and you guys show up to the polls and you call every single person and you take every uh republican who can't drive out there and cart them to it just like the democrats do stick people in buses cart them over there and you get 1100 1200 people additional to the uh, to the polls tomorrow i mean it's a win for the city of albuquerque and maybe we can prevent because they're going to push the stadium stuff they're going to push their little you know good time uh uh, gigs and it's not good And, and i'll tell you right now i just looked at the stand this Jacob Candelaria, you've seen this uh, uh, story, sir. He just left the party. They're yeah. feeling the pressure. I mean, and that's uh, do you feel like the Democrats are feeling the pressure? Like we're we're right there. I mean, they see what you did. They saw what happened with Brooke Basson when they had every single Democrat that uh, that that was coming out to support. I forget the the name of the lady that was there. We got that that night in 2019. I gotta I gotta say this. I think they feel us.
4: This, this feels a little like when, uh, when Obama was elected in 2008 and, and shortly after that, the next year, uh, you know, we had a, we had a, a a conservative majority on the council, a conservative, more conservative mayor. Um, a year after that, we had a, uh, conservative, um, you know, governor elected to office. I think just a few years after that, we had a Republican majority in the state house, the first time in, in in four years. So this feels a little bit like that I mean I think that uh, again uh, a lot of this is influenced by the by what's what goes on nationally uh, and then people start really paying attention and caring about what's going on around them and their city and their state and and I'm excited about people paying attention i I think uh, and, you know I remember those times too uh, in two thousand and nine when we would have people that would show up at the city council meetings and I don't think they were ever used to this uh but you know conservatives that would show up and really watch what would go on and then educate those councilors on you know, would arm them with good information and and, uh, and get up and make public comments that were just, just good, excellent, intelligent, you know, information and common sense, uh, you know, arguments that they were bringing to it. And, you know, when that happens, uh, then things will really change. And, I, and I, I can definitely see that that momentum in that direction. Yeah, this is interesting. Jacob Candelaria
1: now sees changing his party affiliation uh, from Democrat to declined to state. Uh, Candelaria, who has butted heads with Democrats of the past, including Michelle Lujan Grisham, kicked off his announcement by asserting the country's partisan structure of two major parties demands absolute loyalty with no room for debate, no room for discussion, and more importantly, no room for adherence to the law. He literally just all attributed all that. We should take those words, frame them, put them in concrete, and put them on front of the Democratic Party of the state of New Mexico door, because that's exactly what he said. I mean, it sounds so good, we should repeat it. Partisan structure of two major parties Absolute loyalty with no room for debate, no room for discussion, and more importantly, no room for adherence to the law. Uh, Jacob uh, may not be my favorite person, and he's not, uh, but I will uh, say this. These are things that I think resonate with the two of you. You know this. You know that this is exactly the type of thing that Michelle Lujan Grisham has done, Pastor Steve. Well, and I want
3: to say this to anybody watching in, in District 7. Take your Democrat friends that are sick of the tyranny and the failure and take them to the polls and have them vote for Lori Robertson. Take everybody to the polls. It, it, this could be, this could change what we do. That, you know, and and, and I, 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 you know, uh, Mr. Candelaria, I know he's a little out there, but, you know, at least he's taking a stand. At least he's willing to fight. And, you know, he's going to take a beating uh, from his counterparts. And, and you know what, maybe that's what needs to happen. But, yes. And, and, you know, the, the, the issue with the Democrats is they, they support Democrats whether they agree with them or not. We we tend to be ideologues. We you know, if you don't, what I was saying earlier, if if Dan doesn't do everything that I think he should do, then, then I won't support him. Well, he he's making decisions based on information I don't have. So we we should support our own, whether we agree with every little thing or not. We don't, no one, I can't even get my wife to agree with me. Yeah, of course. You know, you know, I, can you? <laughs> Nobody can. <laughs> and, and I know his wife. I just, but yet somehow we, we think so wrong. We should support our own. We should support people who have a, uh, a view that of, of growth and 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 protection and uh, you know anti crime we should support them and I think everybody should come out and vote for Lori Robertson give Councilman Dan Lewis who is who is already knows how to do this yeah um, and give him support. And and really let's help change our city. Yeah, my wife
4: voted for me. That's about all I can ask. You know? <laughs> my wife voted for me. So I, I was thankful for that. Um. <laughs> well, I want to I want to thank. Uh, Must uh, been a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, if she she would have won hands down if she would if she would have you know, ran that race.
1: <laughs> I want to thank you both for supporting me during uh, my mayoral run, even though I got in late and. You know, thanks for all the words of encouragement and uh, for all the people who are out there as well. Eddie, thanks for having Pastor Smotherman on. I'm glad to hear people in Roswell and Clovis aren't wearing masks. Maybe all, an alternate destination to Arizona. Good to know he has legacy in Clovis and Portales uh, as well. I mean, we've got other parts of our state that are continuing uh, to prosper, and they're fighting back and have been fighting back. God bless Steve, and thank you for having him on. Steve. People love you here in Akiva. Candy leg attorneys. Ha! Huh. Steve Smotherman is awesome. I don't know what that is, but that is that is awesome. Uh, let's see. amazing interview, Eddie. When the powerhouse is connected, it brings an overwhelming feeling of faith and actual change. Uh, let's see. We've got more. Eddie, we attend Legacy Rio Rancho. I'm so glad you have Pastor Steve on the radio. You should have him on at least once a month. Yeah, we have you on as much as you'd like there. Eddie, awesome show today with Pastor Steve. The honor and glory goes to Jesus Christ, the true king. Um, that is from Martine. Thank you, uh, Martine, for checking in. Uh, <clears throat> Eddie, what word is next to Marx in the dictionary? Mary, the father of communism, next to the mother of Jesus Christ. There's a world war between us and their followers and disciples. Uh, that's from Steve. He's always a little uh insightful. Eddie, and in speakers today, we need to vote out the bipolar rhinos in the Republican Party. So uh, there you go. What's that? I need a screener. Yeah, you need a screener <laughs> on those. Then. Oh, what, really?
4: I'm just, I'm kidding.
1: Oh, okay. Luckily, that. most of them are right
4: on, you know, but you never know. I mean, I've tell you. you. you know i sent are... you some stuff that you do not want to, you know, leave on the radio.
1: So, I don't know if you've ever prefaced something by saying, uh, you know, for me to read or not to read. I read everything. That's the, that is the, uh, that's clearly a SWAT yeah. situation uh, going on. Uh, just so you know, uh, dark is the absence of light. Wrong is the absence of right. Evil is the absence of God. Our founders recognize this, but also recognize that a government will attempt to supplant God. Thus, government is limited as long as the people answer to God in their faith, and government somewhere down the list. That just gave me, that's from Melvin. Uh, that just gave me something really awesome to uh, talk about. This one, I thought the first hour couldn't beat. Uh, the three of you are crushing it, and the voices of freedom for New Mexico. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Eddie, I'm a Democrat and voted early for Lori. Prayers will be answered. That's a big text, and uh, thank you for our Democrat listeners. Uh, I was telling Pastor Steve I started out as a Democrat. I said, you know, you said from Saul to Paul? Think of me that way, right? Sort of like that. I mean, nobody knows the heart of darkness uh, over there as much as I do. I mean, I literally worked at the uh, highest levels in the Democrat Party. Uh, Here we go. I just had a Democrat text back, Lori's text. She's listening to the show, hard Democrat, but she says, She might be conflicted, but she is probably going to vote for Lori. That's it. I mean, it's that time of decision. Uh, So she also didn't vote for Tim the second time around and is incredibly turned off. It was really interesting the other night, uh, Dan and Steve, that they had the uh, lighting of the, which we're going to get rid of any good tradition. We got to get rid of, we got to get rid of our traditions of Catholic church. I'm going to go off on a rant here. We got to get our traditions of what, Wanda and Yata. We got to get rid of De Vargas. We got rid of our Spanish history, you know, our, our cultural history. And that's what attracts people here. And, and here we are. He goes to the, uh, uh, to the final lighting of, of that tree uh, that is there since 1992. We've been doing it and, you know, it's, there's a weird way of, of you know, energies that, that come in and I'm sure, someone's fire, firing off gunshots over at Old Town and things are just happening and it's all in disarray. And this is because we're reaping what we sow, I think. And we've sown a lot of bad things here, Pastor Steve, in, in, uh, in Albuquerque. I, I, it'd be hard to disagree with that. So when he's getting booed as gunshots are going off, for a guy who got 55%, Dan, I got to ask you, uh, how did we... Get, how did he get 55%? And then at the very same time, the stadium, I uh, got voted down nearly two to one. Your thoughts on, on that?
4: Well, I think he had about 45% in my district. I mean, you guys did much better than him in my district. And I tell you, I had thousands of, of Democrats that voted for me. You don't get elected in this city without, without that. And so, um, so I, I feel, you know, very grateful, you know, for people that just said, you know, regardless of our party line, our party we're in, we're going to, we're going to, you know, vote on our principles and, you know, Person we believe is going to do the best job, uh, and so it's interesting how some of those things, some of those things fall uh, like that. But I, it, it's a little bit baffling to me that with everything going on in the city right now, that that uh, that that the majority would would vote uh, the same. But uh, I think that's changing. Hopefully, uh, that's changing. I mean, I think we've come a long way from where we were four years ago in some of the mindsets that we had back then. Can I
1: ask a question here, Pastor Steve? Of you, you're the, something you know? I just you're the you
4: boss. This.
3: I'm, not, I'm definitely not the boss. Uh, the boss is, uh, <laughs> you, the boss. You,
1: you two are the men that uh, I follow. And, you know, I, I, I got to say, I'm very, my parents are going to be uh, visiting with you. So I'm looking forward to that. But gosh, this is a hard question for me to ask, but one that everybody knows that I, I need to ask because it's one of the things that I hear back so often. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, that we were, you know, based and started on Catholicism here. And we know which way the Vatican has gone. And we know on so many things with the, the Pope that's uh, been installed, that's, you know, I can tell you the Democrat. I mean, Catholics are dejected. But you don't have to answer this. But can you be Catholic and can you be Democrat at the same time? And I want to ask you that with an old sensitivity towards every Catholic Democrat that's out there, probably many family members, maybe I'm even related to. Can you can you speak to that? Would you speak to that?
3: Here's what I said in, in my church recently. I said, how can you vote for people who believe in killing the innocent, the babies, which Catholic Church is the one that took the charge when Roe versus Wade was up. It was the Catholic Church who said this is wrong. You can't kill babies and i and i said this how how you cannot be a true believer and vote for things like that and i i believe it with all my heart and so can you be a catholic and a democrat maybe can you be a, a true catholic according to the, what they say they believe marriage between one man and one woman the, the you know don't kill the innocent can you be a true catholic and vote for people who support those things the answer that I would give is absolutely not. Absolutely. I'm going to enrage absolutely. a lot of people, but I'm talking to Christians too. So can I think you, we need to be enraged. Can you be a Christian mm-hmm. and vote for those kind of people? The the, 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 true answer is no. How can, how can you say I'm a believer and then vote for people who are anti what you believe? You can't do it. We, we, there's just no way. And that's why this faction, um, you know, one of the works of the flesh is, is Dan, a party spirit or factions. And so, People have said, well, my politics have nothing to do with my faith. Oh, wow.
1: And, and
3: that's, that's, that's the word. So, But what, what the Bible teaches is your faith has to do with everything, everything in your life. It should dictate everything you believe, everything you do, everything you say, how you act, how you treat others. It, but, but we have, and, and the media has done a good job. The left has done a good job. These folks have done this propaganda machine has done a good job to say, well, you your faith doesn't matter how you vote because politics have no place in the church. You know, when Dan was talking about faith-based organizations can do better uh, with helping the homeless and helping these things, you know, in the 1940s, if you go back and, and look, the government would send people to churches for help because they knew we could do it. Here's the problem. The left, people like Keller— people like a lot of people on the city council, the, the, the governor, state legislators. The reason they don't like faith-based organizations is because we say, listen, if you want help, you need to get born again, because how can we help you without God in your life? You need Jesus in your life, and that's what they don't like. They want us to help people without giving them the answer, like Japan. Japan is prospering. They have great business ethics, but there's nothing for a guy, a man in Japan to stop by the, the, the prostitution house on the way home. Because what we didn't give them is the how and the why. Why are we prosperous because of God? We didn't bring God to them. We have to bring God to people. And if you truly are a believer, you cannot support these people who are anti what you believe.
1: I think these are words that many people uh, haven't heard before. It's a it's not a question that many people. Um, yeah, I'm getting the feedback on that question alone. Just one text after another. It's the question that everybody wants. Answered here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, it's the reason why we have generational uh, political domination. I voted like my my grandparents, like my nana, my tata, and you know my family. They they all voted like this, so we voted like that. And and you know that's like that's the background that I come from, and it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if Jacob Candelaria is bucking the 80 plus years of domination of the uh, of the Democrats, and we see Catholic Democrats and you know, we're not trying to ostracize them, but they should be thinking about where those values truly align, not the new progressive values, because there was that big shift and reaction to, hey, anything goes, the strange working bathrooms to whatever new lifestyles, the breakup of the family and the dependency that comes from the government. And uh, I know, Dan, you have a wonderful, beautiful family. Uh, you brought, in, brought them up from a, your own personal business background. Uh, you know, I think you went to Grand Canyon uh, University, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a, a bit Lopes. of antelopes. Yeah, there you go.
9: Fighting <laughs> <laughs> antelopes.
1: <laughs> the faith-based uh, uh, <laughs> church. I mean, this is. I mean, uh, campus. This is really what you know. Our city is is really lacking.
4: And Eddie, I would just, I would just sure. say that I, I, I appreciate the Catholic Church for the stand, the on, on the, the pro-life stand. I, I really do, I know that. Some of the personally, some of the the priests in town here that that uh, are just incredible advocates for life and, um, and 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 really trying to change you know the state and the city from being the abortion capital of the world and um and and so I'm I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by the Catholic Church their stand on the life issue and uh, you know we can we can look at you know big religion whether it's Catholicism or other other big religion you can look at. You know, organizations that try to you know, make an attempt to change the city or change the world, and and whether it be big organizations or clubs or even big religion or even policies and politics, I'd like to think that I, I'm gonna, you know, ha- have have some good policies that are gonna really change our city. I hope that we have good common sense policies that make a difference. But when it really comes down to it, and this is my pastor side here too, that my face that, that uh, um, that what really changes a city is when people's hearts change and and only the message of Jesus Christ changes people's hearts and that's why it's so important that uh, you know that the Catholic Church and uh, churches like Legacy and Christians in this city you know, stay focused on the, the message that we have that can truly change people's hearts and change people's lives that ultimately can change a city and so you know, all that to say is that you know big religion has its problems um, Is a relationship with Jesus Christ that truly changes hearts and lives and, and changes the city. Um, and but I, I too, I'm 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 uh, troubled by you know what appears to be some of the hypocrisy, whether it becomes from, whether whether it's from the Catholic Church or other you know you know big religion. But I'm also encouraged by the by the by the stand you know that that uh, the church has taken, um, and and specifically some of the people that I know are really fighting for for life in the city. Pastor, I, I tell you, when when people ask me that question about abortion. My, my response is, are you proud of the fact that Albuquerque is known as the abortion capital of the world? I don't, I don't care if you're the you know, biggest pro choice advocate. I mean, how in the world could you be proud of that? Um, I'm not proud of that. In fact, if there's anything in my power that I can do to change that, I'm going to work hard on changing. that.
1: Uh, Pastor Steve, I'm going to let you take us out in uh, prayer. Let, let you wrap us uh, up and then I'd uh, love to have you invite people uh, to your, to your home, to your church. And, Get people in here. So if you don't mind uh, wrapping us up, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, Thank you for being very generous with your time. And again, on short notice, and we want to uh, also pray uh, on God's will uh, for tomorrow's election. Go ahead.
3: Well, first of all, I want to say, I believe with uh, what Dan said, without Jesus, there is no change. And that's that's the issue. We're trying to change people from the outside, and they can only be changed when they get a new heart. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you uh, for Eddie. I thank you for this program. I ask that you prosper him in a way that he's never prospered before. I thank you for Councilman Lewis. I thank you, God, that you give him and fill him with your wisdom and your favor. He's so smart when it comes to these things. And so, Father, I ask you that you lead him and guide him, protect him and his family. And, Father, again, uh, fill him with your wisdom, your thoughts, your ways, and your favor. Father, we pray for our city. We pray that, God, that you would move tomorrow in, in District 7 and District 9 and help us to have a, a balance of power uh, for uh, against a liberal agenda or for the things that make sense in, in, in our city. Common sense policies, as Dan said over and over again, that help people to thrive and to grow and to develop. We pray for Lori that you give her wisdom and favor. When people go into those polls, they'll see her name. We pray, God, that you would change, that the change would begin uh, tomorrow, and that, Father, that change would continue on through the governor's race, through through uh, the uh, state legislature's races. That, Father, that we would change, uh, we would change the 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 power that that has been uh, over us for so long. And God, it will change our state, it will change us, and to be a place where it, people want to come and live. And we thank you for that. God, we pray for your protection. We pray that you would move on the hearts and minds of people. We pray that people everywhere would come to know you and know your ways. that Jesus is the only way to you. There is no relationship with you, Father, unless we go through Jesus. And so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We pray blessings. We ask for your help and your guidance. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Uh, thank you all for listening uh, right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk.com. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Dan will be back, uh, hour number three. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.
7: No country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about community COVID nineteen vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer.
11: Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to your health care? I'm happy to inform you there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. There are no networks, so you choose your doctor. You choose your hospital. Liberty HealthShare allows you to easily decide how, when, and where you will access health care because our rights come from God, not government. It could be the best practical, moral, and economical choice for you and your family. It was for me.
10: I joined... The pause on federal student loan payments is set to end after January 31st. The pause was initiated under former President Donald Trump when COVID-19 first surged in the United States back in March 2020. And it was extended by President Joe Biden throughout 2021. Senate Majority Leader and New York Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer says the president should do more than just
12: extend the pause. Ultimately, we want the president to cancel up to $50,000 in student debt. And we're push, making a big push in January to get the
2: president to do that.
10: Former Empire actor Jesse Smollett is taking the stand in his trial for allegedly staging a hate crime attack. Smollett allegedly hiring two people, telling them to wear Make America Great Again hats and staged that they beat him. Prosecutors calling those two brothers to the stand last week. More news online at usaradio.com. This is USA Radio News. the White House is announcing a diplomatic boycott of the upcoming Winter Olympics in China.
8: The Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games.
10: Press Secretary Jen Psaki adding the United States is protesting China's ongoing human rights abuses. She says it cannot be business as usual with China. As travel restrictions take effect, A former member of the Trump administration is speaking out.
0: Former head secretary and brain surgeon Ben Carson was on Newsmax over the weekend. He says although COVID-19 variants will be around for years, Americans cannot punish countries for being transparent.
13: Well, you know, that is a sad uh, situation because that's going to encourage other nations uh, to hide things rather than to be uh, forthright. You know, if you're going to be requiring people to uh, have a negative test uh, before they come into the country, uh, that should apply to to South Africa, too. Uh, They shouldn't have to have extra measures. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the seriousness of, of what we're doing, I think American people are more observant than many in the government think they are. They're watching what's going on. They're seeing all the inconsistencies. They're seeing the lack of concern about people coming across our southern border.
0: From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pride.
13: Follow us
10: on Facebook at USA Radio. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
1: Don't forget to tell your friends, family, and your world what your favorite radio station is. The Rock of Talk. At abq.fm and AM 1600 KIVA. The Kiva, here in Albuquerque.
14: This is Jeffrey Candelaria from Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. If you're tired of those old Wall Street cliches, give Pavlos Panagopoulos and his team a call at 505-828-4068. Or his website, myfinancialsense.com.
11: Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Soterra Advisor Networks, and Soterra Advisor Networks is a member of the Securities Investors Protection Corporation. Call 505 828
5: 4068.
12: You trusted your home or business security to the local company with an armed response. They sold out, and now you got selected. Now your security is on the brink of being bought out by a national corporate giant. I'm Aaron Jones, owner of International Protective Service, IPS. IPS isn't for sale. I'm invested here and care about your home and business security like it's my own. Let the highly trained armed guards or 24-hour patrols of IPS protect what's yours. Call 897-2420 or go to IPSglobal.com. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for
10: over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881
7: In most cases, recovery of your stolen vehicle is not the reunion you had hoped it would be. It may have been trashed, torched, contaminated by toxic chemicals and more, or used to commit additional crimes. Revelco Vehicle Anti-Theft Device prevents theft in the first place. 505
1: 1171-856-1171 or you can email him directly michael at michaeltrujillo.com that's michael at michael get the daily news dropped to your inbox every morning at 4 a.m sign up now at rockoftalk.chat get the conservative calendar top 10 clips and links of the day local u.s and global news briefings all at rockoftalk.chat
8: Pet Food Gone Wild and Rio Ranchos Pampers Pets, all natural wet and dry pet foods, tasty treats and supplements too. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, ready to answer all your questions about healthy pet foods and treats. Pet Food Gone Wild provides grooming and makes every visit fun and easy with the Pet Food Gone Wild Rewards Card. 5% off at checkout. Pet Food Gone Wild keeps pets happy. Mobile offers at pets.theplaceilike.com. You and your pets will love this month's offer.
7: When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? J.J.'s Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And J.J.'s, the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear.
3: Hi, I'm J.J., and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated.
7: Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771.
6: The market is flooded with health supplements that claim benefits in memory, but virtually none offer credible evidence with their products working until now. Memory Revitalizer 806060192. This potent natural formula was invented by a neuroscientist and physician. Memory Revitalizer slows aging, improves memory, increases energy, gives robust stamina. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 18 years. It is safe. It does not interact with other prescription drugs. Two large blinded studies confirm the benefits in memory capacity. Customers say it's wonderful. It works. It's essential. Buy it from Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies. Or purchase it from Moses Country Store and other independent health stores. Or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192.
7: JJ's is your complete automotive repair center, from oil changes, brakes, alignment, air conditioning, to repairs on your engine to keep you safe on the road. JJ can do it. Hi,
6: I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. And we can service any car, light truck, or SUV. When we service your
4: vehicle, we'll do it right.
7: Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Services on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. That's 821-5771.
1: Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900.
8: Pet Food Gone Wild in Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full self-serve dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time. Cats, too. Oh, and ask for the grooming club card. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, providing natural food and supplements for healthy pets. Pet Food Gone Wild rewards card makes every visit easy. Pet Food Gone Wild, tap to call at pets.theplaceilike.com. You and your pets will love this month's offer at com.
7: Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature tone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout.
8: And this is Deb Slight from tan Rio West Light. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions.
4: You can
6: reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at tan Rio
4: 994-2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico.
1: The best website and app for radio is abq.fm. Over 60 stations to choose from, including classic rock, grunge, R&B, country, new wave, trance, even faith and gospel. All at abq.fm on your mobile device or computer.
14: Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face to face. You will receive quick response times, and all loans are processed here locally, and you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here, and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy, and if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market. So contact us today on the net at IndigoMortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, 188348. 348
7: The best time to protect your vehicle from being stolen is before it's too late. Unfortunately, Albuquerque and the surrounding area is among the highest in the nation for auto theft. Secure your vehicle today with Revelco Vehicle Anti-Theft Device. Revelconm.com
10: Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, Three one two zero zero six five. 312-0065.
12: Who's protecting your home or business? I'm Aaron Jones, founder of International Protective Service, IPS. Maybe you signed up for a local armed response, then found out you were selected in a buyout, and now you're on the brink of another merger with a huge national company. That is not what you signed up for. The local company invested in Albuquerque and committed to your home and business security with highly trained armed guards or 24-hour patrols is IPS. IPS. Call 897 or go to ipsglobal.com.
10: it's made albuquerque famous breaking bad
1: and the candy lady a national landmark and an old town anchor for almost 40 years right here at 424 san felipe and on the web at candylady.com a tribute to breaking bad and a spectacular taste sensation that you'll never find anywhere else this is the rock of talk on am 1600 kiva albuquerque I'm at Aragon, the Rock of Talk, on AM 16 or FM, and Talk.com I kept Dan Lewis around uh, for hour number three uh, here. And uh, by the way, D-Dowd Musco will be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we already covered all the Murder Mike stuff as well. It was an uh, unbelievable last uh, couple of hours uh, with both uh, Dan and uh, Pastor Steve and just kind of getting to know what we can do to flip it tomorrow so that it's 5 to 4 on the city council. And uh, Dan is very optimistic. Uh, I'm optimistic if you all show up and you, you know, move the needle in District 7, which means calling every single Republican person uh, that you can to get out and vote and just ask them, hey, do you know that the, the race is tomorrow? Because there's a lot of people. hasn't been amplified very much. They depend upon voter suppression. And uh, that would be a huge win. We'll be able to get uh, Dan to, you know, push the uh, DOJ stuff uh, from the council and uh, hopefully – uh, push back on uh, Mayor Tim Keller. Dan, welcome in Hour 3. How are you?
4: Thank you. Doing good. That was a great, great time this last hour. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you having us, and it's certainly great to be here with uh, Pastor Steve. You know, it's been some
1: time since we visited. I kind of want to just, you know, uh, pedal backwards. Uh, I go back to that uh, 2017 defeat. I know you were uh, very, um, you know, upset about that, especially the 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 spread and I was as well. And we were all there, but you know, that had to do with the you no know, voter turnout and a considerable amount of resources. You raised a lot of money, I, I believe. Were you north of a million dollars uh on? We uh, were right at
4: about a million dollars that I we mean, raised in that race. Yep. That was just the money that our campaign raised.
1: Yeah. Just think about that for a second, folks. I mean, uh, Dan had raised that kind of money and, uh, you know, Tim Keller ran with public money. How much PAC money uh did he get? Do you recall?
4: Well, he had a, I mean, between his PAC money, which I, I called a slush fund, his personal slush fund that he had,
5: um, mm-hmm. several
4: of them, um, that his own campaign people were working for. And it was just, it was great. By the way, he, he was, he was actually convicted of ethics charges. It was interesting when, you know, in your race that, uh, um, you know, all that focus on some of those ethics, but he was, at the, for, for most of that race, he was the only one, uh, you know, out of all you guys that had actually been convicted of, of ethics charges. Um, but he did, I mean, it was, uh, uh, definitely had that slush fund and, you know, they crossed the lines and, um, but he had, I mean, he had the public funds and also I think between his public funds and his slush fund, he had, uh, you know, he spent more than we did. If I'm not mistaken,
1: he was, uh, unknowingly, according to him, uh, depositing money from one account. Uh, into another account, um, but it seemed to be like uh, it's pretty clear. The ethics uh, board itself, uh, you know, I've had to deal with them now on three different things, I believe. Uh, during that time, it seems to really kind of favor uh, the Democrats. They, of course, you know, one of the other guys that they went after was, I believe, Wayne Johnson uh, back in in seventeen, and of course, we've seen other Republicans, uh, you know, kind of deal with that. Uh, this is something that they've leveraged in addition to the media to sort of suppress uh, us. Would you agree?
4: Well, I think the difference that I saw is, is back then, uh, certainly when I you know, ran for council the first, you know, first few times there and then the mayor's race at, at the time, they, their, their, um, MO was to, was to slow roll everything. I mean, it was very rare that any kind of decision would be made before an election. And so I, I noticed that, uh, they were much more active this go around. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, um, you know, definitely a lot more active. And also that, that clerk was more active. I, I've never seen a clerk uh, make those kind of decisions uh, like that. I mean, good whether you agree with him or not, I mean, uh, that was a, a clerk that I think should have played a much more neutral role in that whole process. And I think was doing the bidding of Mayor Keller. Yeah, it
1: certainly uh, felt that way uh, as well. I want to uh, talk about tonight's meeting. There's $110 million that was there. We addressed it. Uh, already. Um, but going back uh, four years, you see, you know, the city council is an opportunity to uh, uh, push back. And we talked about the, the priorities as we look at just this last meeting of this particular session. This will be the last time uh, Cynthia Borrego, who's the woman uh, that you beat one term uh, city council way to one term her on that. Uh, I'm proud of you for, for that. Uh, what, what do you see happening uh, tonight? The stadium, uh, you know, uh, some other funding issues uh, for uh, the police. I know that we're roughly at about $232 million, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the funding for the police, but you know, it needs to be considerably higher. Uh, give me some priorities, uh, if you would, and your, your thoughts on things that Tim missed out on.
4: Well, there, you had the $50 million for the, the stadium that, of course, was voted down. So then the counselors looked at that. And said, okay, well, we had $50 million that we were going to of of uh you know GRT you know capacity that we could um you know utilize and then they said well since uh you know that got voted down let's take that 50 million and then I think in the process they said well let's just add the the entire capacity which is about 110 million dollars which that that in itself is not a not very wise uh to use the entire you know capacity bond capacity that we would have you know up against our GRT so that's 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 not wise and then also I mean to be to 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 go through a process to where this was absolutely rushed. I mean, uh, that that amount of money in a capital, uh, you know, project, um, you know, uh, process would have been months of, uh, you know, public comment and discussion and finally getting to a final vote after several months of all that. And so this was, you know, certainly on a fast track and and uh, not smart. So it, it, it's gonna. I, I believe it's gonna be deferred. That council meeting started at three o'clock. I wouldn't be surprised if they haven't even dealt with that yet. But I mean, if if if, if, if it's probably if they haven't. Deferred it already. I think it'll be deferred because they just don't have the votes, I don't think, to to be able to pass. That's good
1: news. Uh, I will attribute uh, a little celebratory, uh, uh, if you will, Um, congratulations to you. Because I know there's been at least some pressure been put out there. And I think that you've already been exerting it without even stepping back into the office, knowing that you're casting a uh, somewhat uh, tall shadow, six foot three at least, I (laughs) believe that's what you are, uh, over maybe tonight's meeting Dan.
4: Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think certainly they had the right to vote on it. And I mean, they are elected and, you know, up until the end of the end of the year. And so they have a, a right to you know, they show up and vote on things that. But, you know, when you have things that are kind of they look to be kind of rushed and last minute, I, I, mm-hmm. I certainly is personally would rather, you know, I'd like to weigh in on it. And uh, I think it's certainly appropriate for us to do that in January. And then you have some other appointments that are being made. I think one of them is an EPC appointment that Lanceina's made tonight. I mean, it sounds like that What is
1: an EPC? Environmental
4: Yeah, it's a lot of the a lot of the zoning decisions, okay. uh, the the d- growth and development decisions and uh that are made um it's a pretty important role. It's probably one of the most uh um uh, involved and time-consuming of, uh, you know, volunteer position, you know, appointment uh, of all the committees in the council, but it is critical. Um and uh you know, I'm afraid that um you know, that, that there's someone that's going to get appointed there that, that, you know, really reflects, you know, Lancena in this last council, but she also had a year to do it. And for some reason, you know, just now got around to it. And that's someone that I think, uh, Louis Sanchez, uh, should have been able to appoint, you know, his own EPC commissioner. And so I, I'm not sure how that turned out either, but you know, we'll, we'll see. There's been some pressure to uh, get Louis in earlier. Um, it seems like
1: uh, that didn't happen even though that he's already been, Honors the guy who is uh, is, is moving in over Lance Senna. She was appointed uh, by uh, Mayor Tim Tim Keller. Your thoughts on that? Is there, I'm I'm not as uh, familiar with with what's happening there, but it just seems like if we can get through this without a vote, uh, it's, it's six half one doesn't the other doesn't matter. At the beginning
4: of the year we're, we're going to be okay, Dan. I like Louis Alon. I, I I like his uh, tenacity, and I like the uh, I, I like that he's willing to get in there and fight and. Mm-hmm. You know, something that he believed in, uh, that he believes in. He believes that he uh, he should start immediately, and based on, I think he's got a good basis for it. I mean, yep. uh, uh, with how uh, his predecessor was appointed, and so I think there's a there's a legal case for it. Good. And I was talking to okay. him the other day. I said, Louis, we're going to be in there in a few weeks and, and have our shot here to, to get started. I like the fact though that he uh, he's ready to go. You know, I mean, and and he doesn't see it as, uh, hey, I'm going to sit there and be a fly on the wall yeah. and, and watch things happen. I'm going to be active right off the bat, which. Uh, you know that's what people elected him to do. I mean, get in there and, and yeah, and, and he wants
1: it. to get. I mean, how? When's the last time you've seen uh, somebody uh, so excited uh, to get in there and uh, make something happen? That is kind of exciting that he's that adamant about it. Now he is a conservative Democrat. Is that uh, that
4: that that what his? I, I would say that. Yeah, okay. I mean, certainly a lot of the things that I've I've uh, seen him take a stand on, I think is is great. He's certainly, you know, pro business and pro growth. He's mm. pro police and. Uh, he's real passionate about supporting our, our police officers okay. and making sure that they have everything they need to be successful. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I like him. I think he's uh, he's going to do a great job. And I also, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I served eight years, um, uh, with, uh, Ken Sanchez who passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Ken and I were very close. I, I miss Ken Sanchez and he represented that district very well. He reflected that district. Uh, he was more of a moderate uh, Democrat and he, uh, I mean he I don't even I hate to even put those labels on people because Ken was just somebody who really cared about the people in his district and just tried to do what was right and make the right decisions and and uh, and many times he and I were were together on a lot of things and and partly because we both represented areas on the West Side and so mm. we had some common threads there. Yeah. Um but usually at the end of a, a council meeting he was my first phone call, you know, and we'd talk and even if we had it out and fought on something, you know, we'd talk through things, just a great man. I think Louis Sanchez really represents and, and reflects uh a whole lot more closely um, you know who Ken Sanchez was and what he stood for that's exciting uh, Ken was a good
1: guy he uh, photographed my uh, grandparents man I thought that 50th uh, uh, anniversary wedding back in the day uh, some time ago and plus he had a business background uh, he was a photographer but he had a business background where he was uh, as an accountant and uh, so we also share an affinity because uh, they had uh, tried to oust him from running for City Council you might remember way back when, I think, uh, 04, uh, when, uh, he, they, he was claiming his domain as his workplace, uh, which was kind of interesting. So, uh, and I had a little bit of that, uh, this year. Uh, Dan, I think it should be noted, uh, you knew that I lived just right down the street from you, uh, right there on the west side for a time, right?
4: I did. Yeah. We were neighbors. I we mean, were, we, we were claims yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. were the, the, we're the home of Eddie Aragon, their <laughs> district five yeah it's it's exciting to see all
1: that uh the west side's really growing and, and burgeoning and I think uh were you surprised by those numbers that you saw come out of there I know that uh, when joe monahan uh the, the great uh, i know he hates this but the great liberal coming from the left I gotta say dan uh he misquoted those maybe almost on purpose Sisto beta had the numbers and they were far different than what ultimately came out of there he came out with that uh that win and you know i was I was happy to see that you know our campaign and you know, the stuff that we were doing to sort of, uh, you know, be involved with you and what, what you were doing uh, came in at 24% for me. But, boy, those those numbers as you beat Cynthia Borrego were were 55%. Is the West Side becoming a little bit more like Rio Rancho, nuclear family-driven, uh, younger, more conservative? Uh, dare I say?
4: So first, in the in the di- you look in the dictionary under fake news, you'll see Joe Monaghan.
9: <laughs> <West>
4: um, <laughs> a lot of rumor he he generates. He never he never
1: certainly. I don't think he ever did me any favors. Uh, that, that, yeah. that, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah, more conservative there on the West Side.
4: You know, you know, honestly, I you know, I I ran and did the things that I did when I when I got elected before. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, I, you get out there and you work hard, you try to put together a good organization and, and you feel pretty good about it. But honestly, Eddie, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I honestly felt like on election night that I had, it could have gone either way. Um, and you just trust that, that, uh, you know, the message that, you know, and the feedback you got and the message and the efforts that you put in, you know, that you just, just give you enough to get over the finish line. But I mean, you, I honestly didn't know. And, and, partly because you, you know, you, I've won races, I've lost races. It feels great to win. And it sucks really bad to lose. I mean, and, but, uh, um, but I was encouraged by it. And I think, and like I said earlier, you know, there were thousands of Democrats that voted for me, thousands of independents. And, you know, and you depend on people that, uh, you know, I mean, nonpartisan race, but I mean, I'm, I'm a Republican and, and Republicans turned out and, and, uh, um, it was, uh, you know, it definitely was, uh, you know, it was encouraging. I appreciate it. I mean, I, and, and I, and I'll say before too, I, I do think some of this has to do with the national environment. You know, I look at four years ago and, um, you know, I'm not sure if I raised another million dollars, if it made a whole lot of difference. I mean, you know, put some, someone said, uh, that Ronald Reagan or, you know, Pete Domenici risen from the grave, made it out of, you know, won that race. I mean, it's just, um, you know, there's, there's sometimes when the tides just turned against you and, uh, and it ebbs and flows in that way. And I'm encouraged right now that there's a lot of things in, in our favor. Are you plotting sweet revenge on Tim Keller? No. Okay. No. I mean, I
1: just, I have to ask, uh, you know, like the, the level one question, (laughs) you know, the, the, the one that's going to startle everybody. I mean, we, you and I can have an intelligent conversation, but I can do a little
4: bit of, uh, you know, no worries. I called Tim when I, when I was running, I called him, I just said, Hey Tim, I just want you to know I'm going to run. And and it's because, uh, I got a district. This is where I live. I'm not going anywhere. I, I couldn't sell my, my, convince my wife to sell our house if I tried and I, and I haven't tried. I mean, this is our home and we're not going anywhere. And, you know, I just feel like I can get back in there and see if we can do some good for the city and for the West side. And, and, uh, and that's really my, my motive, but I tell you out of that, um, you know, I also don't want to mess around. I mean, I, if we're going to, I'm going to be, you know, uh, responsible to represent my district, responsible to make decisions on behalf of the taxpayers in the city, um, you know, I'm going to be bold and, and, and do exactly what I was you know elected to do. And so, and I also don't feel like I have a a lot of time, you know, I mean, you kind of feel like, you know, when you, when you've done this before, you go back and you say, well, you know, four years is not really very long, you know, and so let's, let's get some things done. And and this is not the time to mess around. I mean, it's time to do some good things for our city and make some good choices.
1: Well, you've done them before. I know you served, uh, what, two terms previously. Is that correct?
4: Two terms. yeah. Yeah.
1: Two terms. So eight years. So this will be 12. By the time uh, that, that you get through this and, uh, and that's exciting. Uh, how much worse is Albuquerque now than uh, when you were a part of the uh, president of city council from uh, 2013 to 2017?
4: Well, we, we never saw homicides rate, rates like they are right now. I mean, just astronomical. We, we haven't seen the kind of crime rates that we, we saw back then we did deal with some, there were times it was some of the best, uh, you know, crime rates that we had in a long time. And then there were some, you know, fluctuations there. I think, um, You know, we had, we did have some issues within the Albuquerque police department that led to, you know, that DOJ investigation. And, um, but I think for the most part, I mean, that was rooted out pretty quickly. And, um, uh, but, uh, you know, so they were, I mean, there were certain things that I think were causing and affecting some of the crime rates that, but we, uh, you know, we were active. I mean, we were making decisions, we were making changes. And one thing I'm afraid of that's happening right now is, uh, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of acceptance, you know, of just saying, Hey, this is how things are. And I, and I just, I cannot, you know, I cannot agree with that. I mean, I absolutely, I cannot you know, be a part of saying, Hey, this is just how, this is just how things are going to be now in Albuquerque. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. Your, so, fir-
1: your first year, 38 homicides back in 09, 2010, they jumped uh, quite a bit to 56, but then, boy, we just had a nice little run there from uh, 2010 at 42 2011 35 2012 41 2013 34 then uh, 30 at 2014 and you know the DOJ was in full effect uh, by that time and uh, we went to 42 in 2014 and then all of a sudden you see just this astronomical shooting up and 2016 at 61 2017 at 72 2018 at 69 2019 uh, at 82 and of course you have last year's i believe it was 79 and then here we are at 121 as of today, uh, this is uh, you know double what it was back in uh, 2017. Uh, Dan, what would you have done differently? How could you have done it differently? And what's the cause of this? Is it just the lockdowns? Is it uh, just is it the you know
4: turnstile justice system? Your thoughts? Well, I'd like to think that when you propose an additional you know 300 new officers, uh, that you know four years is plenty enough time to get that done um and uh and i and i also um you know i think um the 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 officers in the city got to know that they have a mayor that has their back they just have to believe that you know uh and when they have the doj on their backs and they have uh, you know they feel like they're just not supported i, I think i'd like to think that that's what would have been different you know with me uh, that that uh every single day i i would do whatever it took to help every single officer you know in the field feel like Hey, someone has their back. They're not hanging out on a limb, um, and uh, and we're gonna have their back, and we're gonna help them be successful and help them do their job. And so, um, and, and again, that's good leadership. That's leadership making good decisions, getting the right leadership in the right place, setting the example. Um, so those are the kind of things that I think, uh, you know, our, our police officers are starving for. We're Just not getting. It. Yeah,
1: uh, getting back to, uh,
4: and I, we're speaking with Dan Lewis, uh, City Council District Five
1: newly reelected after eight years. So he comes back after taking a four year hiatus after his uh, mayoral defeat and he comes back and uh, is going to restore confidence in city council. And we're looking at, you know, COVID-19 essential, -essential. non-essential. We have yet to talk about that, you and I, but I I know that uh, you're a private business owner. How insulting was that? And what can you do to prevent that from happening and making sure that there's no more mandates uh, when it comes to just about anything? Because you know, these are things that uh, are unconstitutional,
4: I think, and it's according to federal law. Your thoughts? I don't believe in mandates. There's a proposal right now uh, before the council that would, would mandate uh, uh, that our first responders uh, would, um, you know, be mandated to get the vaccine. I think that's just a, such a slap in the face to, you know, the people that are just working so hard for our city. And so, um, you know, I, I'll probably, you know, uh, introduce something that would just, make sure that that never happens. Um, and so I feel strongly about it personally. Um, you're not going to, you know, I don't know if I should even admit this, uh, right. Here yeah, do it. You're, you're, but you're I good. am, uh, um, you know, I personally, I don't really have a problem with, uh, uh, with vaccinations. I, I don't, I have a big problem with it being mandated, but I'm the only one that did what Trump told us to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Hey, Trump said to get vaccinated. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, come on. I'm, I won't, I won't take you on on that, but you uh, know, my wife thinks I'm crazy. You know, she's, does she get vaccinated? No, my, my wife, my wife thinks I'm just insane. Like she can't believe that I got
1: the vaccine. Yeah.
4: Didn't uh, cause any <laughs> arguments or anything like little that.
1: A little bit. A little bit. Wow. Good for Tracy. She's uh, she's a good woman. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've known her well. And, uh, I think that, you know, what you guys do and what's your involvement in the community and her being a, a wonderful teacher, uh, the things that she does there on the West side. And I got to tell you, you guys are like two kids. Uh, whenever I saw your, your posts on Facebooks and your, your vacations and the things that you said, I mean, it's just like, you guys are in love as much as you were on day one. And that's, uh, that's a rare thing to see these days. People seem a lot more hateful, angry, upset, and not as happy. And, uh, you've kept your family together, uh, through thick and thin, uh, through mayor losses and change of jobs and things like that. And not to say that any of it was, was negative, but, uh, you know, getting back to that, uh, uh, Steve Smotherman and his conversations, I mean, keeping the family together and keeping that, that focus, how have you managed to do that uh, through all these years?
4: Well, my wife's a big part of every. Just, I mean, you know, we were, it really has to be a team in everything that you do. I mean, I, even as a city councilor, she, she was uh, uh, so much of the, the work behind, you know, running a, a race and she worked extremely hard to help me, you know, get elected in that race. You just have to be together on it. And I, and I have seen a lot of you know, candidates that just aren't together with their spouse and, no matter what it is, whether you're, you know, running for public office or, you know, pastoring a church like I have or running a business, I mean, it really is difficult. But there, and there are people that, you know, when, um, you know, that are, that are, that are single and in all walks of life that do a successful and great job of it. But, uh, I just know how important it is that, that I'm, I'm, you know, we're, I'm together, you know, we're together and that we're kind of, we're, we're heading in the same direction. And so, but that's not easy. I mean, that's certainly not easy. And so it's, it's something that takes work.
1: I'm going to ask you a year one uh, and a year from now what it looks like. You and I are standing here uh, on December 6th, uh, you know, 2022. What does it look like uh, for the gubernatorial race? Uh, and you don't have to answer, but I'd like for you to. Uh, what does it look like for the gubernatorial race? What can we do tomorrow uh, to start that whole process, getting Lori and, and Renee uh, Grout elected? Uh, give me a, a view at uh, what it looks like a year from now.
4: Well, I'd like to think a year from now it's an it looks entirely different. I, I think having a uh, um, you know a Republican you know governor, um, and I think that would just completely you know uh, just change the whole trajectory of the state. And um, I would agree with you know Pastor Smotherman just saying we're we're like a lot of you know uh, third world countries and and how our governor has led you know through the 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 you know the shutdowns and I mean, it's just been absolutely ridiculous. And you look at other states that are just thriving and um, that they're, I mean, their, their COVID rates are lower, they're much bigger states. And so, I mean, we can go on and on about that, but I, I certainly think there's a better direction. There's a direction that's going to, you know, bless the state and the people of the state a whole lot more. And so I'd like to think that we have a Republican governor and, um, uh, and that, uh, you know, that we have more of a balance in the state legislature. Uh, but, and I and I and again, I think that uh, the momentum in that way is in our favor.
1: Yeah, I like asking you that question because for the very first time myself, I thought about what my life and what the life of here in uh, Albuquerque might look like a year from now. And so I certainly am uh, preying on that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Lewis, your uh, City Council District 5 representative. Glad to have you back on, Dan. Congratulations. Stay tuned. Bill O'Reilly is next to you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. Tuesday edition of The Rock of Talk right here in the Kiva.
2: So, uh,